Have you ever watched like the extended one day at a time? Yeah. Opening theme where it's like the fucking I seventy five going into um <laughs> I was gonna uh, say the best theme songs are the ones that are two minutes long and they show you a they show you a highway going into Chicago and a and a cart leaving Meepos. From Television City in Hollywood. The following rustic exhibition requires discretionary viewer participation. Hello, everyone, and welcome to another exciting edition of GFA Live. I am your host, Peter Winston, and we are continuing a march through early 1992 WWF, inching our way ever closer to WrestleMania 8, it seems, 30 years later. And there's nobody I'd rather have on this journey than my co-host, my amigo, my compadre, a man who took five weeks to finish watching season four of Cobra Kai on Netflix, Mr. Keithy Langston, how are you? I'm doing fabulous now. I mean, <laughs> I finished the finale last night, and I am as happy as a clam. Let's put it that way. I, I'm thinking we might have to split that out into its own podcast because it's just very, very unique and not mm. Um, mm. maybe not. Maybe I could just line up like a whole list of of drops featuring uh, certain people from the Karate Kid. Sure. series that Please. whose whose names whose names i will just absolutely not mention no talking exactly there'll oh, be okay. no talking about about any of that there's no talking uh there is one thing i wanted to ask you real quickly yeah. before we get into the whole before we get before we uh you know turn this into a potato uh <laughs> i don't know what that is um did you make a bet for the big game next week <laughs> oh not not the uh, you know you can say Super Bowl you can actually say no, the I word can't. Super Bowl and assassins no. won't come to your house like your fucking Ellie and Gonzalez and you know <laughs> take you out of the kitchen pantry or whatever it's not <laughs> it's it's not like that at all I've already I've already had it cleared with the NFL but are you sure about the big game <laughs> <laughs> and no I have not bet on the Pro Bowl but I did bet on the NHL All Star Game yesterday and oh. uh, well. I I bet on the Central to win their first game, which they did, but I bet on Pacific to win the whole thing. They they lost in the first round of the All-Star Tournament. But I did have money on this morning on the U.S. women's hockey team against Switzerland giving six and a half goals. Wow. So they, they had to win by at least seven, and they are up I, eight nothing with two and a half minutes to go in the game. <laughs> I, I think you might – you're betting on Olympic – Hockey, I think you might have a problem. I think we need to, I think we need to set up an intervention. Here. Oh, you, oh, you don't want to know. Um, I also bet on the. Uh, I did a parlay on mixed doubles curling uh, last night. Uh, United <laughs> United States and Great Britain, and the United States fucking choked against the Czech Republic, losing ten eight. I've never been more ashamed to be an American. <laughs> I'm so ashamed and embarrassed by that performance. <laughs> Czech Republic's getting their asses kicked by uh, everybody, and the U.S. is give, losing ten to eight against them. Come on, as a former curler, I've, I've, I'm so embarrassed. I'm so ashamed. 
So I guess I guess Sean White has is a, a pretty good follow on TikTok, and he has been he's been doing a lot of like behind the scenes of uh, you know kind of just this is what the rooms looks like, this is how we get our food, you know things like that. Mm-hmm. And I guess he had a video talking about how his favorite part of the Olympics is collecting all the pins from all the various countries, and I guess he was showing like lanyards with his pins. And all I kept thinking of is that episode of The Simpsons when Lisa <laughs> Lisa trades away her. And then it ends with Bart creating Fatoff. And Fatoff was, <laughs> was just Homer's face upside down. <laughs> Fuck. That's all I got to say about it because it's like it, The Simpsons did it first. It's like we already had a South Park episode like 25, uh, 20 years ago about that, or The Simpsons yes. did it first. And now. now did it. Yeah. <laughs> Simpsons Col- have done it all, though, which is great. Indeed, yes, and uh, uh, the well, look. Except I'm not, I'm I don't not... think I, I don't think the Simpsons have ever had a press conference uh, dedicated to who's going to be wrestling Ric Flair at WrestleMania Eight. Yes. So today we are watching the February first, nineteen ninety two Superstars, and it is available on YouTube. Uh, however, we will be using the version that is forty seconds longer. Now I don't know what that forty seconds is, but the video quality is slightly better, so you can. You, I'm sure it's pretty much the same, except I think the event centers might be slightly different because the event center is in one of our two home arenas. So. Oh, wonderful. <laughs> hey, I just saw you muted there for a second. You must have been eating food. Oh, hey now. No food for but- me this week. Busted. Busted. No, no food for me. I already ate my breakfast. I'm just – this is – everybody listening – this is coffee. I'm just drinking coffee. I'm not doing anything crazy or anything like that. I don't want to get in trouble now. <laughs> yes. This is uh, a professional. This is a professional <laughs> podcast. But by, by the way, er, earlier this week on on the second, I, I sent out a tweet uh, from, from <laughs> at GF Allentown Pod, mm. and uh, you, know, you know, occasionally I like to spit out the B plus joke or whatever, and. Uh, the whole news that Shane McMahon had been quietly, quote unquote, quietly fired after mm. the Royal Rumble. <laughs> like, yes. And my immediate reaction being like, oh, Vince finally did it. He finally whacked his own son. <laughs> oh, <no. laughs> and, and, then, and then and then just, you know, the the whole idea of like, here's here's Shane showing up to work at Titan Towers <laughs> to this morning. But what oh, I really no. wanted to do, I really wanted to Photoshop Shane's face on there put like Nick Khan on Tootie <laughs> and put Vince on uh, Vinny. Right. <laughs> Cause that's, that's definitely, that's definitely who's coming to assassinate him now is it's not triple H as everybody had thought it would have been, you know, 10 years ago. I think triple H in this case, even though it doesn't make sense from a familial perspective, triple H would probably be uh De Niro in that he would be fake crying and slamming the phone over. Sure. Even though Triple H and, and Shane aren't exactly, uh, uh, I think. Well, I think in this case, I think Triple H. I think much like, uh, you know, De Niro knew that once Tommy got killed, it was over for him as far as like having an inside connection. I think Triple H feels the same way. Well, no, that's only if Stephanie gets killed. <laughs> oh well, that's 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 coming oh, soon. Oh no! Oh no! <laughs> Yeah. Oh, well. 
Um, so, <laughs> so, so, yeah, that thing got retweeted like 600 times, and I, I it just <laughs> fucking amused me. I'm like, what? Oh, do I get internet currency now? Do I get some sort of fucking Bitcoin for money well, laundering purposes? It, or it's, yeah. it's nice to know that you blew up in 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 a in a good way this time. So I, I welcome any new uh, listeners who saw that tweet and was like, huh, maybe this is a podcast. Maybe this is the podcast about wrestling for me. And uh, <laughs> sure, if you if you if sure. you like if you like shows that you know before they start recording, spend six minutes breaking down the Amen theme song. I. <laughs> <laughs> uh, why, why do we do that and then not even air it? I, I don't understand. For our own amusement. <laughs> so this Superstars is a little bit different in that, I, I don't know. One thing about this time period, and I'm sure you've noticed this, is all these friggin' angles take place like off screen, like not in front of a crowd. Mm. Like you got the, the switch to Flair versus Savage, you know, all this stuff. And, and some of it is still still to come in, in the yeah. next couple of weeks. But like none of it takes place in front of a crowd. It's not like some dude getting attacked after a match quite as much. It's no. like, you know, I don't know. And, in, and in fact, there's another big setup for another big match at WrestleMania eight that takes place behind the curtain, so to speak. <laughs> yeah. And, and we don't get that for a couple of weeks. And the timing on it is just like uh, the. One thing about rewatching wrestling is is the timing of things and how it all, you know, how how yeah. it all was shot and, and in what order. Yeah. But I mean, none of this is in front of a crowd. No. Like my obsession with the timing of things is, uh, and, and this is going to sound weird. You remember when Hercules got sold as a slave to DiBiase? Yes. And it was kind of after SummerSlam '88, and I always made the assumption that. Oh, that's why Heenan wasn't with Hercules at SummerSlam 88 is because mm. to kind of show that they were coming apart or whatever. Yes. But it had nothing to do with any of that. It was just coincidental. Yes. <laughs> anyway, that, that kind of upsets me. But what doesn't upset me is this opening shot of the press conference, which is the fucking last supper of, of wrestling <laughs> screen screen grabs. Yeah. If only because of who's sitting on the end next to Piper. Like, it's just... <laughs> The, the Judas. <laughs> I, I can't remember, like, in The Last Supper where everybody is positioned. Like, I, I, can't, I can't, like, I probably would have never been able to do that. But, like, left to right, you get Taker, Piper, and, and Tunney at the desk. Mm. And then Okerlund is at the podium with the big WrestleMania sign behind him. Mm-hmm. They, they stopped doing the numbers at this point because I guess Vince didn't like having, you know, whatever. <laughs> Whatever, he's fucked anyway. And then on the other side of Oakland at the table, you got Hogan, Savage, and Sid, the three erstwhile baby faces. And then behind Oakland, you got left to right Heenan, the financial advisor, Flair, who is wearing the Cosbyest of Cosby sweaters at this point, <laughs> Mr. Perfect, wearing a fucking suit. So yes. congratulations, he's got other articles of clothing than that fucking windbreaker. Mm-hmm. And then the assembled media in front, which is clearly just Titan employees who were told right. to told to just stand there for an hour until they get the shot right. <laughs> what so I love in this, what I love before you hit play is that it looks like Bobby Heenan's talking shit to Piper right here, but you know he's just telling him <laughs> the joke. <laughs> like, look at that one. <laughs> Check out the tits on that broad. <laughs> 
Yeah, you know it's got to be good. It's like when I went to the Halloween parade in Woolburn one year, and my mother was making fun of the fat children. Yeah, uh, that. that <laughs> but but not not in a vicious way. She'd be like, you know, it would be a girl who's probably twenty pounds overweight twirling a baton, and she'd be like, look at that one. <laughs> Jesus Christ! All right, yeah. Now you know where I get it from. Yeah. Uh, okay. So. It, it just starts out red hot with this because I, I I kept looking around for a version of this with like, oh, the theme song. But no, no, it, it starts with the press conference. Welcome to our press conference, please. Please, ladies and gentlemen. It would have been, been funny if Sid had just got up and, hey, yo, shut the fuck up. I just want to point out the fact that whoever's taking pictures... <laughs> It's just nonstop. It's not even real. It's it's overdubbed music, but it's just it's the constant like clicking sound. Like who the fuck is taking this many pictures of this? Like there's just way too many pictures being taken place. The amount of the level that they put into this pre-production video is fantastic. It's it's amazing. I also like how Savage is so intensely into his character that he's doing he's doing a pointing thing yeah. right right in front of Hogan too. He's po- yeah, it's almost like he's picking Hogan's nose. <laughs> and and Sid's just kind of looking over trying to take it all in because Sid Sid is a student of the game. Yes. If anything, <laughs> he is. Undertaker just kind of has his head down like he's like, oh, God, there's anywhere I'd rather be. I, I got to take a shit. <laughs> well, the Undertaker's, the Undertaker's thinking to himself right now. He's like, there's no way on God's green earth that I'm getting this match. Uh, at yeah. this one. I, I have to wait 10 years to get a match against Flair at WrestleMania. Taker's like, they're not booking heel versus heel. Why am I here? Why am I here? Can't I just go? Just put me out, put me with somebody else, anybody else. Christ. Yeah. The purpose of this press conference is to announce just exactly whom of the top five contenders in the World Wrestling Federation will be challenging Ric Flair for the World Wrestling Federation title. Just a second. <laughs> <laughs> Somebody interrupted him. I'm just I'm just surprised that Piper doesn't have a mound of coke in front of him. <laughs> maybe that's why they had to sit him next to the president of the WWF. So oh, you don't start... think Tony you don't think Tony would have been friggin' bowling his head in that bowl too? You could tell this, you could tell actually it's interesting. Um you could see the coke lines on Piper's intercontinental belt right here. <laughs> I yeah, Piper definitely snorted lines off the belt. Uh, do you do you think you think Jack Tunney used cocaine? Is that what you're asking me? Um, sure. I, well, all right. What drug? Are, well, no. Let's think about this. Tunney was definitely not on cocaine. He was on downers <laughs> because he was definitely so slow all the time. He was a very much more methodical. Uh, I would actually, you know, what, now that I think of it, maybe he was snorting Ritalin or something because I don't know. Jack Tunney was kind of all over the place when he would talk, but. Uh, no, he definitely wasn't on Coke. Vince was wrong. Coke. Wrong. Jack Tunney was on lithium. Next issue. <laughs> lithium makes more sense. Yeah. <laughs> At the Hoosier Dome in Indianapolis on Sunday, April the 5th. Before we get that announcement, I would like to introduce to you Piper. the current World Wrestling Federation <laughs> champion, Ric Flair. Somebody Rick shouts Flair. out Piper. Like, Yeah. All right. We get the little, the little, uh, Heenan and Perfect there as Stooges is so wonderful for Flair wearing again a fucking Cosby sweater. I mean, they they couldn't have Perfect wear a, they have Perfect in a suit. Why can't Flair wear a suit? I don't understand this. 
You know, I think up until this point, I think the only thing we've ever really heard The Undertaker say is rest in peace. Where the hell is Paul Bearer? Like, what if it was The Undertaker and he had to get up and say something? He's not going to be able to get up and cut a promo. I would like to thank yeah. Jack Tony for this opportunity. No, what I think is, like, you can see the stage there, and I got the yeah. arrow to, like, Undertaker's right, our left yeah. of the screen. I yeah. think I think he's just off screen there, like John Landau during a Springsteen concert. Like, that's where, ah. that's where he's positioned. Okay. You know, the, the the manager would would hang out there. Is he there with Elizabeth? Because remember, we're still not clear if not if Elizabeth is managing Hogan still. <laughs> no, Elizabeth and Hogan have definitely split since they haven't sure? been seen. Okay. Yes. Well, okay. <laughs> Woo! Y'all tired of hearing that? Well, that's too bad. Oh, I see a fox. You hear that noise? Mm-hmm. You know that the World Wrestling I see a fox microphone. That's nice. Is on location. Not even like you know that, do you? But the bottom line is, I told everybody in the world of professional wrestling <laughs> that I would win this, the most coveted. You can't unhear the amount and of you know photo clicks. Around this room, <laughs> I see five of the great WWE superstars, but five guys. Those five guys would go on to form a successful burger chain. <laughs> I was going to say something like, there's five guys, five of the greatest professional athletes in the World Wrestling Federation, minus Greg the Hammer Valentine. <laughs> Every single one of them would main event at WrestleMania. Or had yeah. re- main event today, WrestleMania. Sure. Yeah. Yeah. Hmm. Sid's got like a whole like stack of papers here. Like he he's like a nervous ninth grader who has to do like a public speaking gig. <laughs> yeah, he's not really sure what he's gonna say. He wearing a wonderful windbreaker. I mean, straight win- from the perfect collection. Sid's windbreaker is great. It, it, it's white and blue. We never get to see it again, though, as I recall. No. no. Yeah. Sid's Sid's windbreaker world order. Yep. It would have been it would have been a great windbreaker to wear while he's destroying the uh, barbershop, but no. <laughs> oh my god, I cannot wait to get to the Sid destroying <laughs> the barbershop. That's why we're gonna keep doing these shows up to WrestleMania eight because I don't I do not want to miss Sid in the barbershop because it's one of the greatest moments in all of humankind. Yes. I mean, fuck you, Neil Armstrong on the moon. That was one small step for man and one giant leap for mankind. Matter of fact. There were 29 men in the ring and that I won this. So whether they like it or whether you like it, it's too bad. Because everybody in the sport of professional wrestling knows that WrestleMania, the biggest... Hogan's got a fucking headache. <laughs> he, he just keeps touching his temples like, oh, my God. <laughs> too many this Hulk Hogan what... vitamins, brother. Well, I was... <laughs> <laughs> too much, too much beta carotene. <laughs> oh, beta carotene, brother. Uh, yeah. <laughs> just like, just like, oh, turn off these lights, please. Oh, beta carotene. Oh. <laughs> oh my goodness. Extravaganza in sports today looms on the horizon, and for Ric Flair, it means a defense, a title defense of this. The World Wrestling Federation title. Hulk Hogan, oh. Roddy Piper, The Undertaker, Randy Savage, Sid Justice. It doesn't make any difference to me. They were all in the ring and then I won this. 
So at WrestleMania, just as I walk in the champion, I'll walk out the champion. And that's the bottom line. Woo! I kind of freaked out because there's some tracking issues on the screen. That's the bottom <laughs> line because Ric Flair said so. <laughs> and then Flair shatters like two bottles of Don Perignon and drinks them at the same time. Mm-hmm. <laughs> I'm sure this man can answer some of the questions for you. Why, why are they taking so many pictures of Oakland? I don't understand this. <laughs> Maybe it's because it's a rare moment where he's not hung over. <laughs> yeah, Hogan's. Uh, this is a t- odd time where Hogan looks to be the most hungover guy at the desk. Mm. Yeah, come on, Hulkster, can't you hold your booze? <laughs> Maybe that's why he retired. He got. He got. He was tired of. Uh, he couldn't hold his liquor anymore, so he had to he had to step away from the business for a while. I was too tired of hanging and banging, brother. <laughs> uh, it's interesting to note that Piper's wearing a Piper shirt. Mm-hmm. So he's kind of in like I'll say he's in ring gear. Yeah. Savage is in ring gear because Savage is wearing a friggin' one of his tuxedo jacket with the, with the cowboy hat. Yeah. Uh, the Undertaker's in his ring gear. Mm-hmm. Hogan. Hogan's essentially in his ring gear. I'm sure he's wearing Zubas, but he's in his he's got no, a no, shirt he's, and his hat. He, Hogan, Hogan is just one step away from his nor, nor, normal courtroom attire. <laughs> right, instead of it being a black bandana, it's the it's the Hulk rules bandana. Mm-hmm. But like Sid's the only one that's not Sid actually dressed up for this like he was going to court. Like he actually presented himself appropriately. I mean, granted it's a windbreaker, but he's got like a regular shirt on underneath and you know the only Sid. the only way the only way this could be better is if Sid was wearing a members only jacket. <laughs> that, gonna, that's that's the only that, way. That would I was gonna say if Sid was also drenched like soaking wet, <laughs> that would be you know like wet like he was when he came out for that interview at SummerSlam in '91. Some 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 punk kids hit me with a, a squirt gun outside before I got here. And, like, you look at the table and his paper's all wet and there's just, like, a puddle of water on the table because of how wet he is. <laughs> Boy, when I when I texted you and I was like, we're going to have to spend 45 minutes on this fucking press conference. I didn't mean that literally, but it's trending, <laughs> it's trending in that direction. For you, sure. I would like to introduce at this time the president. Questions later. Just give us a minute or two. The they don't even take questions. <laughs> they don't take questions. Oh, my God. It's, this is this press conference being held in the East Room at Titan Towers. Gene Oakland's like friggin' Sean Spencer right here. He's like, no press conferences, no I mean, questions. Is it Spencer or Spicer? Who oh, cares? <laughs> President of the World Wrestling Federation, the Honorable Jack Tunney. Mr. Tunney. You know, we should have a celebration coming up because uh, President's Day, which I know statutorily is Washington's birthday on the books. Mm, yes. But colloquially known as president's day and we we, yes. we should we should maybe record a show in honor of tunny he's the best president <laughs> since noriega right maybe and uh this might be something more for richard land and maybe i should reach out to him just stack back to back to back a video of every single time tunny had to make a speech on television <laughs> now the world wrestling federation championship <laughs> has been Devenomized by the lamb. <laughs> I'm, I'm sorry. I don't know why I found it so funny that the title itself had to be devenomized. Oh, wait. It's all that cocaine that. Oh, that's the IC title that. By the lab. You got to remember by the lab. <laughs> by the lab. I should. 
I should add that as a drop, I think, at some point. Just, just buy just, the lab? Buy the, buy the lab, yeah. Buy the lab. Thank you very much, Gene. <laughs> like, like, this fucking guy. Gene goes, shut the fuck up, will ya? <laughs> like, I'm expecting Gene to just pull out a fucking revolver and fire it into the air. <laughs> It's it's total chaos in here. Jesus. No more goddamn questions. <laughs> <laughs> like, it's a weird situation when Sid is the most calm person in the room right now. <laughs> very weird. And then all of a sudden yes. we're going to pivot to calling him psycho? That's unfair. Oh. It's very unfair. I like, I like how Flair doesn't know who it is and he just fucking left. Flair's like, <laughs> Flair's like I don't give a shit who I fight. Fuck him, and then he leaves. <laughs> That's yes. how we should have ended it. <laughs> I can't see the front of this blonde, but um, you know, she's standing up. I can kind of see her figure from the backside. <laughs> <laughs> hey, look, I, I promised a comprehensive breakdown here. <laughs> it's Linda. <laughs> no, no, you give me a break. She's fucking Skeletor compared to this broad. <laughs> With so many worthy challengers anxiously awaiting a shot at Ric Flair's World Wrestling Federation title, choosing an opponent has been especially difficult. He can't fucking remember what he's... He's reading it off a sheet of paper, and he still sounds awkward. This guy's the worst. (laughs) Well, I don't know about that. I mean, let's... Please remember Commissioner Slaughter. (laughs) (laughs) God, that era kind of sucked, didn't it? Yeah. I mean, just that part of it. Some of the rest of the TV uh, in 97, obviously, was I was a big fan of. At this table up here are five of the uh, challengers. Roddy Piper. The Undertaker. On my left, Sid Justice. Macho Man Randy ah. Savage. Yeah, right. And Hulk Hogan. The hungover one. <laughs> you have to you right before this is it, it's the irony of that the one that had the least chance of getting a shot ends up with the shot. Because if you look at this, Hogan and Hogan and the Undertaker were former champions. And you can't say that the Rumble was their rematch clause. So mm-hmm. each one of them is entitled to a rematch clause. Sid Justice was the last guy in the ring with him. And Piper is the Intercontinental Champion, which technically is the number one contender for the championship. Savage had no business, aside from the fact that Savage was in the Rumble with, what, the Final Four? So, yes, he has a chance. But, like, he had the least actual chance of getting a shot he's the end he's the one that ends up wrestling <laughs> no no i think piper has the least shot because while the intercontinental title is the kind of a de facto number one contender it doesn't work that way because it almost splits out the two titles into different divisions so to speak and yes. they already ran flair versus piper and flair was beating piper around the horn yes not clean not cleanly but you look at those results and you say, okay, I can't in good conscience make him the number one contender here because he's already lost to him time and time again. Okay. All right. I think, I, will, I, I, think, I think we should do a show where we just talk in kayfabe for the entire time. <laughs> <laughs> 
Huh. Is that a hole in Hogan's bandana? What's what's going on here? Fucking Hogan. Tough times for the hung hungover stir. Yeah. The hungover stir. <laughs> Hulk hungover. Very hard to choose one. <laughs> I should just isolate the drop. Very hard. <laughs> That's why at WrestleMania 8 in the Hoosier Dome. It's going to be an elimination chamber. <laughs> God, they would fucking do a cop-out elimination chamber these days, wouldn't they? Oh, my God, absolutely. Yeah, except that there's no way to do the elimination chamber, probably, and have Flair win. I mean... Could you, Im- could you imagine an elimination chamber with Undertaker, Piper, Hogan, Savage, Sid, and Flair? That would just be... That would be... That's a dream come true. You can't really beat that for star power unless maybe you subbed in uh, the Warlord for Undertaker. Mm. <laughs> I mean, wait, why is Warlord not at the desk? He got one shot. What the fuck? Because the show didn't take. If WrestleMania was at Nassau, he would have been on the ta- he would have been on the dais. <laughs> and we we sure as fuck weren't going back to the Nassau Coliseum after WrestleMania too, eh? No. Ever after careful consideration. All right, now we're starting to see some leg on that blonde there. Mm-hmm. <laughs> Not bad. As well as examining the wishes of the public at large. Should never do that. Decision. Right. Ladies and gentlemen, esteemed members of the press. <laughs> Look at Sid's face right there. <laughs> he's he's smiling ear to ear. Oh, God bless him. But he, he had such a childish smile, like just a, such a hue of enjoyment and enlightenment right there. <laughs> I told you, it's a ninth grader. He's ready to make a speech. It's like a ninth grader at the I, Model UN. <laughs> I am running for class president. <laughs> Challenging Ric Flair for the World Wrestling Federation title at the Hoosier Dome at WrestleMania 8. Oh, that's Arnold Scullin right there. <laughs> oh, yeah. You can tell by the bald spot. So Sorry that I had... See, I told you. It's all tight in employees. Is that Shane McMahon? Two people over? Oh, no. Shane was in school at this time. No, Shane wouldn't have been. Wasn't? Didn't Shane already graduate from BU? <laughs> no, Shane didn't graduate from BU until, like, 95. Oh, okay. So he it would have been, like, his freshman year. Mm. Um, yeah, Scullin there, me pointing him out is like Joe Montana pointing out John Candy in the crowd at... Um, <laughs> The Super Bowl. (laughs) (laughs) Will be Hulk Hogan. (laughs) Right there. There's the shot. Sid standing up. And right here is where you can pinpoint where his heart explodes. (laughs) (laughs) I, I mean, he looks at Sid. Jack Tunney looked over at Sid and then says Hulk Hogan. What a dick. <laughs> Sid had every right to be furious with Jack Tunney. If I may, that is the most bogus act Jack Tunney has ever pulled off. Well, we'll, we'll see if your analysis on that is, is correct. Savage is upset. He pulled his hat down. Yeah, Savage is upset, but he knew. He knew he was He's, a long shot. S- Savage tapped Hogan on the shoulder as a show of support earlier. You, you, did you notice that? Uh, yeah, those- only three yeah. years after, yeah, yeah. Poor Sid, he's like, I bought this new fucking windbreaker for this. <laughs> this is my good windbreaker. 
Not like that perfect one that he fucking wears to like take out trash and everything yeah. else. <laughs> Sid ripping up his his speech is just like that time in high school, uh, my junior year, where I got a uh, fifty two on a lab report, and I uh, tore it up. I spent the entire class tearing it up. Yeah. I was gonna say Sid's ripping up his acceptance speech, like looking like Eddie Murphy when he lost for Dreamgirls. He just stormed out of the Oscars. <laughs> how how long have we been on this? Okay. Um, <laughs> All right, well, we're about a half hour into the show. Yeah. <laughs> it's not as bad as I thought it would be. I mean, no, not, not yet. Well, we're not done yet. Oh, shit, yeah, that's right. There's, there's a lot of post-mortem here to unpack. Mm-hmm. Also, if that blonde would kindly turn around at some point, that would be nice. <laughs> why, why am I obsessed with that? That's good. full circle, man. Now the battle lines are drawn. Ric Flair has the WWF title. The so-called real world champion is going to find out what the power of Hulkamania is all about in WrestleMania 8. And what you going to do, Ric Flair, when Hulk Hogan and his little maniacs run wild on you? Dude. All right. All right now, we go to, now we go to perf- perfect wearing... Vince would not stand for perfect wearing that windbreaker in no. the announce booth. Absolutely no. not. No. Yeah. And You're I'm only pre- allowed to wear a suit. I'm pretty sure perfect is wearing the same suit that he was wearing at the press conference. Almost like this was that was filmed in the same place. <laughs> <laughs> also, where was Vince at the press conference? I, I know he was loath to not be, you know, exposed as the owner, but for God's sakes, you're you're the lead announcer on on the on the shows. Come on. I mean, I guess as a as an understanding, calming voice, you'd want to have Mean Gene Oakland running the show. Yeah, Although, sure. it would have been funny to see Vince yelling at people to, no questions! <laughs> God damn it. God damn it, pal, no questions. So Perfect is uh, very happy that, uh, that, that Flair will be facing Hogan. Maybe for the enhanced payoff, I don't know. So yeah, I mean... Temporarily, we have Hogan Flair for WrestleMania Eight. <laughs> oh, now we're now we're gonna go to the after the press conference bit. Oh, good. Oh, and there he is, uh, Tucson, Arizona reporter Sean Mooney, with uh, what is this Fox Thirteen, right there, or Fox Twenty Three? I don't know. Um, it looks like it's Fox Twenty Three, maybe. Yeah. So we so we get thoughts from Savage first, who you know you you think shouldn't have even been considered. <laughs> I just felt I felt logically he was not he should he was like the fifth guy on the dais. I mean you know. Oh, you're just mad at him because he hit on your mom at the Metal Glen Mall. <laughs> Fox twenty Fox twenty three is the uh, main affiliate of Portland, Maine. By the way. Oh. Wow, that's weird. <laughs> Did they travel all that way? I mean, Jesus Christ, the hell. Well, it is only down to Stanford. Well, didn't like it. Bottom line, I wish it was the macho man Randy Savage. That's me. I like me, yeah. But since I couldn't get it, I just want to let you know that uh, there's a piece of me that realizes that Hulk Hogan probably should have got the naughty anyway, being honest. Okay, so Hulkster, good luck. Yeah, we've been competitive against each other in the past, but I uh, guarantee you're a good friend and I respect you. Go against Ric Flair WrestleMania and do the thing. Ooh, yeah. 
the Randy Savage cucking begin. <laughs> I, I want to know, where was this amazing peace negotiations? Did Jimmy Carter freaking negotiate peace between Savage and Hogan, too? I'm pretty, sh- David? I'm pretty sure that Hogan and, and Savage went down to the Carter Center. and uh, uh, Or maybe it was a Camp David thing. But then again, Carter yeah. wasn't, wasn't president at that point. No. But he was a good peace negotiator. Where the hell did when did Savage and Hogan make up? That's what I don't understand. Because hmm. Savage is still he's a tweener up through SummerSlam ninety one. But yet he still hates the Warrior and he still doesn't like Hogan. But he's not fully on the board of the bad guys because he just reunited with Elizabeth. So I feel like Savage had his own locker room. All right, we all right. We got we got to break it down thusly, which is we know that by the time the infamous funeral parlor where uh, Undertaker attacks Hogan with Flair out there and everything, Savage comes to help. That aired November of ninety one, so it stands to reason that Hogan and Savage had reconciled by that point. Maybe Hogan was instrumental in getting Savage reinstated to fight Jake. Possibly, but that happened after Savage went to help Hogan hmm. that time. And I don't think Savage would have gone to help Hogan if they weren't already friends. But let's back it up to the wedding. Was Hogan invited to the wedding? I don't think he was necessarily because he already had the match going on. But hmm. you could also say at the same time, Sid Justice saved the wedding reception and he was part of that main event match. So I'm thinking... Through scientific analysis, they had to have made up at some point between SummerSlam and that funeral power segment. I'm going to say it took place around October uh, because (laughs) I don't. Well, because we know that if Hogan was at the reception, he would have helped Sid because there's no way Hogan would have let Sid take credit for that. So he was definitely not at the wedding reception. Um, However, I'll say that. okay, so we think Hogan contributed to getting Savage reinstated, which would have been a direct relation, a direct correlation from Savage helping him at the funeral parlor. So maybe Piper had something to do with Savage going to help him at the funeral parlor, because we know Piper and Savage became very good friends for their for their hatred of Hulk Hogan they had in common. So <laughs> maybe well. Savage maybe Piper was like, come on, Let's help him out. And Savage was like, oh, all right. And then they went down and they helped him out. And then Hogan was like, oh, brother, thank you, brother. Brother, I'm going to help you out. I'm going to I'm gonna try to get one over on you. Not like I, you know, I'm going to try to help you out. Not like I helped out Honky Tonk Man, because, you know, we know that's not going to happen. But I'm going to try to help you out, brother. Or there is another option, a third option, that Savage is just such a sportsman mm. that he's taking this well and actually isn't friends with Hulk Hogan. Mm. It's just something you say. Maybe. Also, it could be that actually at this point now, Savage and Hogan have a shared hatred of the warrior. So because the warrior is gone, it's like the friend of my the enemy of my enemy is my friend. Yeah. Gee, Savage Hmm. is a friggin Savage Hogan. That relationship is definitely is an enigma, isn't it? It should be the subject of a 13 part miniseries. (laughs) I, I, I do agree. Coming out this fall. Oh, who's that in the background there? The woman, the woman with the tall hair and the glasses. <laughs> what am I going to point out? Every freaking chick. Who that's, that's Linda. That's not Linda, for God's sakes. All right. Look, look. 
here's here's Linda right here. I'm bringing it up on the screen here for you. There's there's Linda. Now I know you you commonly call it Skeletor, but that that is Linda McMahon. Yes. All right. Oh boy. <laughs> All right. So the by the way, the blonde has a very bad seat for the Sid press coverage. She's like behind everybody. So she can still see Sid's balls though. Oh come on. Let me, let me take it out of here for that. Hulkamania lives. Said justice, you were obviously not shut pleased up. with the news. Hey, yo, shut up! All right. I watch this, and I rarely take issue with our good friend Sidney Aloysius Justice. <laughs> but yelling at everybody to shut up when they weren't even making any noise. Come on, Sid. Let's let's keep our let's keep our head here. Well, Mean Gene was doing the same thing earlier. <laughs> I learned it from watching you. <laughs> I want to say something. What happened at Royal Rumble? It was simple. I was the last man standing. I- that is correct. He was. Mm-hmm. He yeah, also. Flair was, Flair was kind of on the ground when Sid threw out Hogan. So. Wait a minute. I thought the last man standing was Tim Allen. <laughs> I I can't believe that fucking show lasted as long as it did and then got picked up by another network. It's like, would would you say that that show was the last show standing? Uh... I mean, when when I think of family sitcoms, I I only like to watch ones that are headed by guys who were cocaine dealer snitches. I mean, (laughs) that that, that's that's what I that's why Uh, Home Improvement lasted for so long, and that's uh, why. uh, Although the mom on Home Improvement is definitely the most underrated TV mom from a hotness perspective of all time. My God. Why am I so horny on this week's show? What the hell? What are you doing? (laughs) What's going on in that house? (laughs) Let's not talk about that. I would be the world champion if it wasn't for you, Hogan, pulling me out. Mm. All right. What is Sid's windbreaker? What is that logo there? Is that the... Hmm. I can't make... I can't can't have it. I can't make it out. It's like... (laughs) Is it like, uh, I can't make it out. Is it like the player's championship? Is it a golf one? <laughs> I don't know. I don't know. You know what it might be? Oh. No, no, it's not. The, it's not a different color of uh, the, a perfect windbreaker. It's not the same company. Oh. Yeah. Hmm. I, I like how no Fox, Fox 23 getting their mic in there is the most yeah. insane thing out of all of this. <laughs> like, it's so fucking beyond insane. I, I have no explanation that I could possibly like, come up with for it. Like, there's a random two, so we don't know who that is, like Channel 2, but then Fox 23, like, that's insane. Yeah, I, I'm sure that the PBS affiliate in Boston was was covering this press conference in very... Er- all right, it's going to air on the McLair, uh, the, the McNeil Lehrer News Hour tonight. Sid Justice very upset with his uh, breaking news. Sid Justice is very upset about his <laughs> his denial of the main event at WrestleMania mm-hmm. Eight from outside the ring. Now, what you did, Jack Tunney, was bogus. Yep. The most bogus act you've ever pulled off. Yep, there you go. See, I was correct. I did- I did an analysis of this a while ago and all the acts of Jack Tunney. Yeah. It wasn't the most bogus. It was definitely very high up. And I think Sid has a, uh, has an argument here. <laughs> I think it's the most bogus act. But what makes it bogus? The fact that he looked at Sid justice 
<laughs> allowed Sid to stand, didn't <laughs> hold up his hand and say, please, Sid, I don't want any problems. And then said Hulk Hogan. He let Sid stand. He let him stand there like an idiot. And then he goes, Hulk Hogan. Like, what an asshole. It's the most bogus thing Jack Tunney's ever done. So you think, you think Sid is more upset about Tunney showing him up than Hogan getting the shot? Oh, imagine if that was the main event at WrestleMania was Tunney versus Sid. <laughs> the definition of the Oxford English Dictionary of bogus is not genuine or true. Fake. Yeah. Hmm. Which is uh, not, wrestling not, together. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> yes. Thank you. I want to ask you, what is it? Is it because I'm not a big movie star like Hulk Hogan, the big immortal one himself? Is it because Sid Justice is the newcomer? <laughs> well, I want to tell you something, Hulk Hogan. You couldn't beat Ric Flair on your best day. But I can. Why? Why? Sid Justice rules the world. Good job by Sid making sure nothing was stuck in his teeth. Why? <laughs> he says the way he says why there's always why. Wait, 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 wait. Why? <laughs> why? 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 <laughs> hey, uh, hey, Sid, uh, when you're in town, where are you going to be staying? I can why? Oh, sorry. I, I really wanted to get him to just say why, but you why? know, he's staying at the Y. <sighs> All right. I just want to make I just want to make point of a couple of things that Sid okay. says here. Okay. Okay. Number one, um, I'll state the obvious. Hulk Hogan's a big movie star. Okay. Um, he's in movies. He's uh, in he's movies. In... That's that's. <laughs> yeah. 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 Okay. Uh, yeah. Um, okay. Um, number two. He says, is it because I'm a newcomer? Brock Lesnar debuted in March of 2002. And then five months later, he won the title at, at SummerSlam. <laughs> so it's Sid's not that new compared to a person like Brock Lesnar. And I think it's safe to compare that Sid Justice is just as awesome and as, as a dynamite performer as Brock Lesnar was in 2002. So there you go. Well, it was a different administration who made that decision. And, and Brock got the shot based on winning the King of the Ring more than anything else. So. Which, you know, if there was a King of the Ring in 1992 or 1991, Sid Justice would have won it. You know that there was a King of the Ring in 1991 that was untelevised, <laughs> right? And it was won by Bret Hart, who was not at that table. <laughs> should have, They should have done Bret versus Flair. They, they could have stolen all the heat from uh, Sold Out 98 by, by running that match here. <laughs> they could have done Brett versus Flair. They did do Brett versus Flair. <laughs> oh, well, much, la much later. Yeah. Much, much later, yes. Yeah. Why? <laughs> because. Why? <laughs> Why? The Sid Justice rules world all right i haven't i have to take issue with our friend sydney aloysius justice again yes if you do rule the world sid why didn't you get the shot i'll do you one better <laughs> there's if an inherent sid, flaw in his logic if sid justice rules the world why does he need a title shot hmm <laughs> ah <laughs> but it also says to meditate on the torah all day and all night 
End of story. <laughs> huh. Are you uh, really? Are you really what? the head of the crust? Are you really the head of the quickie board? <laughs> yes. Really? Really? Yeah. Yes. Oh. Well, Wait, well, Justice, just one more question. That's. Well, he walks away from Mooney there. So. I would love to have known what's what Sean Mooney's question was going to be. Um. You know, like why did why did you flip out like this? Kevin Catlin looking very much like a an amalgam of Steve Blackman and Lance Storm. Yeah. <laughs> He's wearing Steve Blackman's uh, bottoms and Lance Storm's haircut. Oh, what a great match to have uh, after a such an explosive uh, press conference. Hey, you need you need a palate cleanser after that. The Beverly Brothers are on their way out now. And if there's anything more bland than the Beverly Brothers, I don't know what it is. <laughs> What are you talking about? We're going to get a, a genius poem, I think. <laughs> and I'm the genius with glory and renown. Think that Randy Savage should have had the match against Ric Flair. <laughs> that would have been funny if he went into business for himself. And just like, like fuck all this shit. I By think that my brother, who you don't know is my brother, should be in the main event at WrestleMania. Hey, not, nothing... To me, I mean, they, they took great pains to keep Lanny away from Randy on screen. Yeah. In WWF, except for Savage's coronation, where he got to read the Park proclamation. And that's why that, that's one of my yeah. favorite segments ever. That really is like the only time that the two of them ever really interacted, huh? And we, uh, you know, we uh, we watched that, I think, on one of the Coliseum tapes it's, it's yeah. somewhere along, somewhere along the line. Okay. Mark. I don't blame the man for the Come on, genius. The situation. The new foundation doesn't like the brothers Beverly. The anvil's still upset because we pulverized his knee. By the power of the genius and the world's smartest man, I advise the new foundation cash your chips in while you can. Well, luckily they did because. It, it almost seems like they're setting up new foundation versus Beverly Brothers at WrestleMania, but it ends up being Owen versus Skinner because Anvil gets fired again. Yeah. And the Beverly Brothers don't do anything at Mania, as I recall. No, because I think even the dark match was, wasn't it Tito versus Papa Shango? No, that was the following year. Um, oh. I'm not sure if WrestleMania 8 had a uh, had a dark match or or if it was anything even memorable at all. I mean, after all, if one thing I remember from the beginning of WrestleMania, oh, they are in the dark match. Okay, who do you think the Beverly Brothers faced in the dark match? Oh, well, it had to be the Bushwhackers. Yes, the Bushwhackers defeated the Beverly Brothers at the 10 minute mark. Yeah, I mean, yeah. It, let's be serious. If the if the new foundation wasn't there. And the Nasty Boy, well, the Nasty Boys were still heel at WrestleMania 8, but I think the only other tag teams were the Natural Disasters and LOD. Mm-hmm. So, yeah, it had to be, the, it would have been the Beverly Brothers and um, the Bushwhackers. Oh, God, can you imagine? Yeah. A, oh, God. But dude. the freaking Beverly, dude, like, everybody loves the fucking Bushwhackers. Mm-hmm. I guess, right? Jameson is out in the front row, though, so it's kind of a weird thing in that you associate Jameson with the Bushwhackers, and he's getting into it with Lanny, 
And I feel bad instantly for the people who paid for front row tickets and got <laughs> fucking stuck next to Jameson. I mean, give, give me give me a break. Oh, that's right. Tito fights Shawn Michaels in the opening match. That's right. Yeah, because uh, because uh, Shawn was making guacamole out of El Matador at the Royal Rumble. <laughs> Will you stop it? Well, now we got the new foundation, uh, William Zabka and Jim Neidhart in <laughs> <laughs> I'm sorry, Owen's hair. He looks like something out of uh, out of Cobra Kai, not show Cobra Kai, but no. the group within the original Karate Kid. No, Owen Hart was in that movie. Uh, uh, just one of the guys. I don't know if you ever. <laughs> seen that. Hey, Beverly's. There's no rhyme or reason about our abilities here, right? Quite simply, Beverly sisters, the new foundation. Our poetry in motion. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> And they were making a jab about the about the genius in his poetry. Do you think I would I would read Neidhart's poetry? I would too. Yeah. This this show has got a lot of uh, catchphrases that have have gone on to mean something else in like current day. Like Flair says, you know, and that's the bottom line. Uh, <laughs> Neidhart says poetry in motion, which we know is something that the Hardy Boys have used. Um, Sid said something. What did Sid say that was like something that would come into the line today? I, I can't remember now, but you know, um, there's something shit. There was another sorry. one I thought of. Oh, sorry, sorry, I was a little distracted by Wayne Bloom doing the second rope uh, <laughs> snap mare thing that Perfect would do. Yeah, I have and a lot. Guy, of, I, the the job yeah. didn't even move though. Did you notice that? Yeah, I have a lot of respect for Wayne Bloom. He he, he showed me something with this. Like I I love. His, his smug, preening look at all times. Yeah, I think had they come in as like a, that, I guess, a, a mock-up of the Minnesota Wrecking Crew or the Minnesota Destruction Crew, I think they would have been a lot better. Uh, it's just that it was just the Beverly Brother gimmick was so bad. Yeah, you know what I think? I don't, I, I don't know. Like, when you think back to Arn and Tully coming in, and I granted, this was over three years before this. The fact that he, they were allowed to come in as Arn and Tully, yeah. just like very good, tough, well, Arn anyway, professional yeah. wrestlers, and they just kind of got to be that instead of coming up with a Destruction Crew-esque gimmick. But I think Vince wanted to do something different because he didn't want it to seem like he was ripping off Vern Gagne, of all people, in spite of the fact that Hulk Hogan's entire gimmick was basically cultivated in the AWA. Yeah. Right now, I get yeah, but, no, but nobody, oh. but nobody watched friggin' nobody for uh, nobody outside of the the great and white North knew who the fuck Hulk Hogan was. I feel like, <laughs> or at oh, least well, Rocky, 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 was. Rocky, Rocky three. They knew well, exactly yes. who he was. No, they knew who he was, but they didn't know. Like, I I know there's this whole thing of like Vince didn't create Hulkamania and Hulkamania was done before. I get that, but I mean, let's be honest. Hulkamania in like 1982-83 or whatever was not the same as Hulkamania once the rock and record like there's no way like that's essentially like when Coco Beware was down in uh in Mid-South and he was you know House of Fire all the time like that's not the same it's not it's like you can't he was a Hogan was a regional superstar in a territory that not everybody saw everywhere but you know he, but but when people would see him, they would recognize him from Rocky Three, and he was absolutely. on absolutely. He was on the Tonight Show when that absolutely really yes. really meant something. 
yeah, no, absolutely. You're right. People would have recognized who he was and would have been like, oh, shit, look at that's the guy that was uh, Thunderlips, the ultimate male. Yeah. They didn't realize that Hulk Hogan was fucking Hulk Hogan until he went to WWF. <laughs> Hulk screwed Hulk. Right. Hulk screwed <laughs> Hulk. I, I, the way you said that, Hulk Hogan was fucking Hulk Hogan. It's like, yeah. <laughs> well, there's nobody that Hogan would rather have sex with than himself. Um, but <laughs> all right, right. Let, let, let's let's move it along here because I got. We got the big boss man paused on the screen with the up next graphic, which mm-hmm. seems to be something that they were doing around this time because yeah. they did that with Sid. And yeah. I like that the boss man is helpfully pointing towards the thing on his shirt that says big boss man. Like, whoo, thank God. I thought you were a keem for a second. <laughs> I thought From you, you. My lips to God's ears. I thought you were big Bubba Rogers. <laughs> He would need to do that a lot in WCW to point out yeah. exactly what gimmick he was playing. <laughs> oh, Legion of Doom, and they're holding up the tag titles. So I'm sure it'll be a long, successful reign from this point. <laughs> yeah. We do not get commercials in this one. We were not so blessed to have that. So Bossman's hitting second here. Mm. Well, he only opened leadoff when he was opening the show. He only batted lead off, but they had they had a better thing to. Oh my God, he's wet. He put on he he put on a lot of that weight that he lost. I mean, if you look at him, yeah. I mean, I I think a lot of that SummerSlam '91 payoff of fifteen grand went into cheesesteaks. I think so too. <laughs> I say that as somebody who's craving a cheesesteak and is probably going to pick one up later. Well, so the nails thing ha- the nails thing happens after WrestleMania eight, right? Not yeah, not until the attack doesn't happen until the end of May. Yeah. So between SummerSlam, yeah, between SummerSlam and WrestleMania, he has that weird feud with IRS, and yeah. that's kind of like that's really it of like note, right? He he's got nothing going on leading up to eight. Where he's in that eight-man tag where, where Ray Holmes is the uh, ring announcer making yeah. fun of, uh, I mean, he kind of he loses his way. And then the Nails thing, while it was a vicious attack, I mean, it kind of fell a little flat, right? So yeah. He, he disappeared for a while, and I wonder if they told him, look, you got to lose the weight again, because he clearly put some back on. I mean, you, you, you know how they how they how they treated Mark Henry and all these other guys, uh, uh, yeah, big, big Show, show. where yeah. it's like uh, Lu- Yokozuna, I think. Well, well, well Yoko, Yokozuna was definitely necessary yeah. because it did end up killing him. But yeah, yeah Bossman looks to be back around like three thirty. Mm. He's probably put up about twenty five pounds since uh, WrestleMania seven. Yeah, I think seven's probably the best. The seven's probably <laughs> the best shape he was in. You know how it went down at seven. <laughs> <laughs> he was chasing perfect all over the ring. He, he had yeah. the speed to catch up. <laughs> no, se- seven is probably his best shape. Um, and then it just kind of goes downhill from there. But what a shame. What a shame. Mm. Like they couldn't think of anything else to do with him than have him fucking wrestle. Fucking IRS for like six months. Like, come on, man. He actually got lucky that IRS got put into that tag team so that he could move on. It's just that they didn't have anything for creative has nothing for you, Ray. <laughs> yeah, it, it's kind of weird, too, because if you think of it, like if you just look at the roster in 92, who the hell is he going to feud with? Repo Man? 
Like that kind of sucks. Like oh. he didn't have. Oh, oh, you, you, okay, boss man and repo man, hold that, hold that thought for both today and for future weeks. Okay. 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 That, that, that's all. That's all I'm gonna say. Okay. Now we're now we're in the event center. He plans to lay down the law in less than two weeks, Friday night, February 14th, when he arrives at the Nassau Coliseum. To yes. <laughs> but who will he be taking on? Take on the very cunning Repo Man. Oh, my God. <laughs> Are you shitting me, bro? See? See? Sometimes you can be prescient. I know that I love how horrible you are at that WWF live event game. But you nailed this one, and uh, wow. I, I, I salute you for that. I, I swear to God, I did not know that that was coming. It's just part yeah. of the lineup. Also, Sergeant Slaughter and Hack So uh, Slaughter and Duggan are, are going to be taking on the natural disasters. But a lot, a lot of these, of course, cards subject to change yeah. because of um, various things that are going on behind the scenes, and people mm. are going to be flipping sides and so on and so forth. Continental title holder Rowdy Roddy Piper faces the new World Wrestling Federation champion Ric Flair. Oh, so Piper gets a shot at Flair at the Nassau Coliseum. Hmm. Yeah, it's like he's the new warlord. <laughs> Interesting. Yeah. So what this means is that we get we, we're going to start out with Flair and Perfect. Perfect in a suit again. But Flair in a robe. Because Flair had to wear a robe all the time if he wasn't wearing Cosby sweaters. Right. It's like he was banned from wearing suits until actually when you get to Flair at the very end, he does he does start wearing suits again. Because I think he was basically like, oh, fuck this. Let me just wear whatever I want. I'm the kind of guy that likes to be in the middle of everything. And right now, my friend, that's exactly where I'm at. Executive consultant. Yes. Rowdy Roddy Piper. World champion. Go like this, Roddy. Go, Ric Flair. You are the World Wrestling Federation champion. Ric Flair, you beat 29 of the greatest superstars in the WWF. Ric Flair, you got to be the greatest. Piper, say that to yourself a hundred times. This isn't about titles. You got one, I got one. This is about who is the man in this sport. Who's number one? Who can walk that walk? Who can be the numero uno, Piper? I say it's me. Mr. Perfect says it's me. So, Piper, come on down, boy. We're going to show you why. Woo! All right. Good good promo from Flair, as as usual. I like uh, how the, I like how the F in Flair looks like Donald Trump's hair. Yeah, and it kind of sticks off uh, the top of Perfect's head. Yeah, that is strange. Um, it also, the way the way that Perfect's head covers up the F and the L, it looks like it's Rick Air. <laughs> it's like Rick Rick Flair's airline, where Rick every Air. every everybody shows their dick to everybody else on board. Like this is the worst airline ever. <laughs> so we get the re responsorial psalm from Roddy Piper here. Mm-hmm. And uh, this this is a game that I, I I enjoy playing quite a bit. And now you might you might say to me, because I I've had this conversation with you how I've watched ahead some of these shows very late at night, yeah. perhaps, but with the caveat of perhaps I'm not in the condition that I'm necessarily going to remember it the best the next ah, day. 
Okay. Okay. Uh, although I do send you some text storms sometimes. You that do, are, yes. Um, where, <laughs> where I talk about uh, Mr. Perfect's windbreaker, Sid's promo on the February 22nd, 92 superstars, uh, the way Elizabeth would run to the ring. Um, yeah. So uh, I can't even put into words the February 15th, 1992 superstars sent 12.07 a.m. Hmm. Last Friday and Saturday. Yeah. Or actually, no, that was that was two. Okay, that was this past Thursday night. Never mind. Yes. All right, but but the game that I like to play is the the Roddy Piper Coke game. Right. Right. Which is we're going to evaluate how coked up Piper is on a scale from zero to fourteen. Zero meaning perfectly sober. Fourteen meaning eight a three car garage. <laughs> And I'm going to say that with, with Ric Flair being involved and this being a New York market show, I'm going to go uh, about at, at a 12. I, uh, I can't, I mean, I can't disagree with you except to say he might, he might be uh, exceeding a 14 in this case. I just, I feel like, I feel like he ate a four car garage. I think he's, he's eating his, he's, he's snorting so much cocaine. It could fill one of those, uh, you know, one of those 17 level car garages that you have in like New York city. So um, I'm going to say, I'll just say 14 and we'll just <laughs> see if we can hit the 13 on the nose. I, I am so grateful for you, Keithy, because if you were truly a dick, you would have just said 12.01. <laughs> <laughs> the goddamn price is right business. All right. So let's see. Okay. Okay. So tiny, you big fat pig. I was nice to you before. Now you give Hogan the title shot, huh? Mm, with flair and WrestleMania. <laughs> I'm not jealous, though, but I'll tell you something, Hogan. There ain't gonna be nothing, nothing left of them. That's what I'm gonna do to you. Yeah, that's what I'll do to you. Since the belt is frozen, makes me the only champion around here, but I ain't gonna call myself no champion as long as that long nose ain't this Groundhog Day. Doesn't that little sucker come out and see his... You imagine Flair coming out see his shadow? Look like the Concord the BK's got. We'll settle it, baby, but by the time I get finished with you, you'll just be a shadow of your former self. All right. Well, that's about a 21. I was going to say, can we, I was going to say, can we let the audience decide? <laughs> you heard that. Please tweet us out. What do you think? <laughs> On a scale uh, of 1 to 14. So far, the number to beat is 21. <laughs> is the number 13.7, 13.8, 13.9, or the full body of 14.0? Wrong! <laughs> and these week-to-week Piper Probos. I mean, you didn't think of them as so insane in your childhood. I mean, you thought that they were a little weird, but <laughs> come on. Good Lord. One of the great ribs of all time is Tatanka's first match being against a guy named Tanaka. <laughs> I mean... Uh. Talk about I mean, Pat Tanaka is is a wonderful professional wrestler who, if he had come along in 2011, I I think his career path is very very different because he's an undersized dude wrestling in the late 80s and early 90s. Mm. But he was also undeniably a really good wrestler. 
not a guy who would do a ton of high flying stuff, but I don't know. It, like I never heard any complaints about him, but okay, Tatanka here. And um, as I was watching this, and as I watched Tatanka matches from this time period, the number one thing that I noticed is the tomahawk chop being done. Mm. <laughs> it's like, hey, let's do this racist gesture towards the guy who's going to be our number five babyface someday. <laughs> like, oh, my I just, goodness. I just, I just remember, I think it was, it must have been in like, it must have either been in, it was in one of the after mags, like whether it was Pro Wrestling Illustrated, Inside Wrestling, something. But it was kind of like a non-kayfabe interview with Chris Chavis, who I remember reading was talking about how he wasn't going to kind of be a, uh, you know, a caricature of a, a typical Native American wrestler. Like he was going to try to be like, a, you know, a real like he was going to do this the real way and just happen to be a Native American, you yeah. know. And then they went and they made this cartoon version of. I guess Chief J. Strongbow in the fact that, the, oh, we finally got a real Native American here. Like, you know, it's just, oh. Yeah, and uh, so he came along at a time where I think the ethnic baby face was was not as much of a thing. Yeah. At, 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 a, at a certain point. Pat Tanaka wearing his best pajamas for this match, though. <laughs> um, now, correct me if I'm wrong, but didn't, wasn't Chief J. Strongbow at one point a heel? Like back in the early days, or no? No, I don't think so. No, okay. I mean, it's entirely possible, but Strongbow is a guy that I've never taken much interest in. <laughs> well, I was gonna say like Wahoo McDaniel was not right, or was he at one point? Oh no, Wahoo was a heel in '85. Uh, yeah, because he he lost that U.S. title to Magnum T.A. and also was he had a feud with Flair when Flair was a babyface. Yeah. Which? Uh, when the hell was that? Not in '89. That was in 85. Yeah. Excuse when me. Flair was okay. Yeah. All right. Was oh, was that when that was have been when Flair beat No, when Flair was a what was Flair doing as a face in 85? In early 85, he I mean, he's hanging out with Dusty even though they had the match at Starcade 84. That there's a March of 85 worldwide where the two of them oh. are doing a promo together and basically playing grab ass. Really? Where, where interestingly, Flair is wearing pajamas, not unlike Pat Tanaka in this match that we just saw. <laughs> yeah, Ric Flair was wearing sweatpants. It was very, huh. very weird. <laughs> very, very dusty esque. Yeah, that's well, so remember, odd. Rick, Ric Flair always wanted to be dusty. This is true. Well, because I know Flair was a Flair was a babyface when he beat uh, Harley Race, and mm-hmm. both times, right? I think the first time, and then in the cage, he's a face. But that's like that's what eighty. 80- Two eighty three, eighty eighty three. That's Starcade eighty three, and then, yeah. well, don't forget, Flair's traveling around as the champion, and he he's got to be heel in most of these territories. So, like when he goes into world class and drops the title to Kerry, he's obviously the heel. And that's eighty four. Yeah. yeah, and then, but the way Flair would get treated in Crockett would be slightly different, I think. So, so is Ric Flair? Does Ric Flair have the record for the most heel face changes, or is that still? I don't know, Kane, Big Show. I don't think <laughs> you can count that because it depended where he was at the time. Like, mm. he was going between territories. Within mm. the same territory, uh, yeah, Kane and Big Show, they will they will never be touched. Yeah. So we're ramping up the promo for WrestleMania 8, and I just heard that wonderful guitar music. You know the one that I mean. Uh, WrestleMania's past. Yeah. 
and we're going to be like, here are all the great celebrities who have appeared at previous WrestleManias. And this year we get Ray Combs. <laughs> it, it is it, it, it is interesting that WrestleMania, I feel like, was the only pay-per-view event where they actually referenced the past. Yeah. Like, they never talked about the previous SummerSlams. They never talked about the previous Survivor Series. Well, I do. Know. I do. I make up for it. <laughs> well, you do. <laughs> Ding. At 88. Yeah. You know how it went down. <laughs> you were even enjoying some SummerSlam 88, I believe, the other day, right? Oh, no. I was watching uh, Survivor Series 88. Ding. And uh, I fell asleep because I decided to award the uh, Uncle Junior What the Fuck Award to Sam Houston being nah, that's for like 11 straight minutes. <laughs> Fuck! <laughs> I'm like watching, like this guy won't tag out. It's like the Warriors on the apron. Oh boy! Oh god, it's an IRS match. So let's let's figure out anything else to talk about. <laughs> I will say I broke my promise earlier. My brother brought me some bacon, so I did have oh, some bacon. Okay. But I muted myself while I was chewing the bacon. I hope I didn't. I hope nobody heard me. Yeah, <laughs> you're very you're very upset about that. Well, I oh. don't want to be. Well, I try to be. Oh. IRS, IRS is going to uh, cut a promo before the match, and I know you want to hear what he has to say. I know you'd like it. <laughs> Thanks, Nelson. Shut up. Jameson's going to be there. I hope for your sake you people have already made your New Year's resolutions. And I hope also that those New Year's resolutions include not cheating on your 1992 can i just say that irs's hair doesn't make any sense uh, i you know i don't think there are a lot of tax accountants with shoulder length hair no not many no. I, i'm talking ma- male tax accountants but yeah that sucks uh, hey what do, what do you want me to say all right you know, you know me. I would like to help you out, but I'm sorry. He appears on the TV every week. You know and me. <laughs> this is the price of watching 92 WWF. You have to sit through a three-minute IRS match every so often. Yeah, this is true. The sad thing about this is that, um, unfortunately, we're not seeing as much of the Warlord recently. No, and, and that's, that's troubling. I miss our Warlord. We all do. Yeah. Everybody misses the warlord. Yes. Oh, and uh, this this is Bob Smedley that he's up against, who is also Bobby Blaze. And it was pointed out to me, yes, uh, yeah, Bobby Blaze, who wrote a book, uh, Pin Me, Pay Me, was also an S, uh, Smoky Mountain heavyweight champion at one point. Mm. Mm. And I believe I, but I think the worst part is I follow the guy on Twitter. So that's why the name was in my mind. Oh. Yeah. Hmm. Yeah. His hair is very blonde, very blonde at this point, and he's uh, he's got on the uh, Goldberg look, the all all black. Are you excited about Goldberg's impending return? No, I don't understand why he continues to be let back in the company. I I don't, I don't understand. Because I guess, this... he, I guess he really loves that. Uh, it's nice to see a nice Jewish man is so excited about getting that uh, Saudi Arabian money. Yeah, don't don't get me started on uh, Saudi Arabia holding a pay per view called the Elimination Chamber. I mean, mm. come on. You know, know it won't you... Be, you know it won't be called the Elimination Chamber though in Germany, right? 
Yes, yeah, they, they've always they've always used something different there. But yeah, by the way, Saudi Arabia has one athlete at the uh, Winter Olympics. Oh, really? Yeah, he's a slalom skier, which fucking cracks me up. <laughs> like, like, oh, if anything, Saudi Arabia is known for its vast ski resorts. I, I was going to say, I didn't realize that. I mean, it's just interesting because you know that Saudi Arabia created a friggin' slalom landscape somewhere mm. so that they could have this guy do inside slalom so they can have somebody at the Olympics. Mm. PM. Now, some of the superstars involved in that incredible so, well, Madison Square Garden, Sunday afternoon, February 23rd. So now we're, we're moving on to the MSG show from February 23rd, which might possibly might be one that we have to watch because there's a lot of uh, interesting, fun stuff. Hmm. You could spend 50 minutes talking about the 32nd Sid versus Hercules match. Hmm. <laughs> to participate in a 20 man. And you get the battle royal there as well. Tornado, Boss Man, Hawk, Animal. Wow. Well, one of them will be there, I guess. Hawk was out of commission by that point. Repo Man, Warlord, Sid Justice. I mean, that's a table for three right there. (laughs) And you actually Actually, could do it, too, because they're all alive. That kind of is a good table for three, because... I like. I think I said before. I mean, we've had we well, clearly we had a we have an affiliate an affinity for the Repo Man or for you know just Crusher Crusher Khrushchev or we, we can know. call him ba- call him Barry. Yeah, I mean, but we do we love him. I mean, we did a retrospective on his career, so you know we love the it, Repo Man, we love the Warlord, and we love Sid Justice. We love all of them. We love the, Sid Beauty, Terry Sapinski, and uh, Barry Darso. And the best thing is Sapinski and Darso can talk about what went down at '88. And and how how things could have been a little bit different, dang. Mm. <laughs> I'm sorry, I can't gotta stop doing that. Can we have a table for four and have it be Darso? Uh, what's what's Axe's real name? Uh, Bill, uh, Bill Bill Eady, Bill Eady, uh, Sioni, and Sapinski. Yeah, well, no, no. What the, what we'll do is like let's say episode nine of the New Adventures of the Old Powers of Pain. <laughs> We'll have Edie and Darsau show up, kind of like that Golden Palace episode where B. Arthur comes back. You know, they have one of those. We can. can pop, we... We'll pop a rating. Can we also have? Can we? Should that episode also contain Haku and kind of a almost like a double date scenario for uh, for Sioni, where he's got to go, he's got to go out to dinner with both Haku and Sapinski. And and what I change, think is we and keep changing his outfits. I think what we do is we have Haku in the same restaurant, but we have him in the background so that everybody's kind of focused on him. Like, wait a minute, is he going to do something? But then he doesn't do anything because he doesn't have any problem with any of the guys at that table. But you know, none of, none of, none of them the put little, their. The little guy <laughs> hasn't done anything yet. <laughs> ha, yeah, ha, or, or if you want to do it differently, Haku gets up in the background and goes over to a guy who's wearing a hat at another table. It's like, could you take off that hat, please? Jesus. Oh, God. They don't serve hot dogs here. <laughs> as well as the New World Wrestling Federation. Why is Flair entering a battle royal? That doesn't make any sense. What the hell is going on with this battle royal business? The fuck? The fuck? Or who are we going to get? Let's get comments from the dreaded Undertaker. Oh, great. Oh, oh yes. <laughs> oh, yes. Joined by Paul Bear. 
Madison Square Gardens, a 20-man battle royal, a 19-man mass battle! Madison Square Garden. Many legends were born there. And now, many living legends will die. Hmm. Is he threatening to kill people? Seriously. Yeah. That so that's that's a very interesting that's an interesting show because I'm looking at it they had one one two three four five matches no four matches mm-hmm. were all taped for well they were shown on prime time we know the right. Justice Her- Hercules one is but that's just so they had those matches then they had wow that's kind of cool that everybody did actually five because then there's the boss man, yeah, they had this was almost kind of like a mini TV taping for primetime, but then they had everybody else doing like double duty because then they all did the battle royal. Mm-hmm. That's kind of cool. So, right now we got Hulk Hogan who's going to weigh in with some comments about this battle royal. Let me tell you something, dude. And his life would change uh, immensely between now and the time the battle royal would take place because right now he's facing Flair at WrestleMania, and obviously that will change. And one of the recurring elements of GFA Live lately is, I don't know if it's an effort to save time or to amuse ourselves or, or what it is, but Hulk Hogan promos at two times speed definitely yes. hit, they hit differently yes. than your ordinary Hulk Hogan promos. So let's see what he has to say. But also at the same time, let's let's try and count how many times he says brother let's assume all right i don't know how much time he's got here i'm gonna set the over under at five and a half brothers okay so i lost a grand to you last week <laughs> because of this yeah you're so, in hawk to me now i'm in hawk yeah i need to i need to get into animal in in you um so uh you said five and a half yep I'm still taking the over. I'm sorry. <laughs> I can't. The guy says brother. He said brother 12 times in that one promo we watched. I'm going to say he goes over five and a half. All right. I, I will take I will take the under. Although oh, I, I I suspect it might hit six. Okay. But. All right. So this, is du- this is double or nothing. So I'm either going to owe you two grand or I'm going to be clean. All right. And you got to listen go. close too. Okay. You know something, Hulk Maniacs? I told you, brothers, if we stuck to our guns and proved ourselves time and time again, Jack Tunney would see the lights. It's me against Ric Flair, brothers, in WrestleMania. But now, we got Battle Royal in Madison Square Garden. And as far as me and all my Hulk Maniacs say, this is just another test, brother. Undertaker, Ric Flair, Sid Justice, let me show you the power of Hulk Mania. I'm just getting warmed up, brothers. The immortal. Ah! <laughs> Four. Four. <laughs> and, and I wondered whether, like, look, bro- when he says brothers plural, that counts as a brother. <laughs> I, just, I just want to make that clear. Yeah. <laughs> I, I don't have two two grand. <laughs> well, I'm gonna have to send Bacala over to collect at some point. Shit. If he if he's not busy moping around. <laughs> came came close, but did other shit. <laughs> Damn it. <laughs> <laughs> I, I want to keep. I want to keep doing this bit where you lose and lose and lose, and at the end you're you, you owe me eighteen grand. <laughs> well, why? Wait, why did you hand Pete a check for eighteen thousand? Well, we have five, uh, like Hulk Hogan. You don't want to know. 
What the Hulk hell? Hogan. <laughs> it's all Hogan's fault. <laughs> blame it on Hogan. Yeah. <laughs> this is take, one time we can't blame it on the Hickenbottom. <laughs> take it up. Take it up with Hickenbottom. <laughs> take take it up with Balea. <laughs> Shit. That's gonna now. Now you're basically like you're distracted now for the rest of the show. You're like, where am I gonna get this cash from? I don't. I'm gonna have to stop hey, giving blood. Hey, it's a Sunday afternoon show at MSG starting at the one o'clock hour. It's just like the original WrestleMania, <laughs> which aired at one o'clock. Oh, this little girl's got a Bret Hart shirt. Is that like Tina Yothers' daughter or something? What the hell? Tina Yothers. What? <laughs> dun, 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 dun. What will we do, baby? <laughs> oh my god. I'm pretty sure that they reused the skulls from the Warrior uh the Warrior Jake promos for the Papa Shango vignette. Papa Shango well, vignettes. I almost well, called them the Papa Gino vignettes. What what do you think they're gonna do? Dig up another skull? They already had a skull that they dug up. Because they don't want wise asses like you and me to be like, hey, what the hey. hell? This is the same skull as before. That looks like the same skull. <laughs> uh, this guy looks like a fighting machine to me. What, what are we doing here, huh? Oh, this. The time has come. <laughs> By thy power, master of the crossroads. This is a time of blood, Evo! It is I, Papa Shango! <laughs> what the hell is that? Indeed. <laughs> it's, it's me, Terry Shive. <laughs> oh, I mean... Voodoo is a babyface gimmick. Sorry, it just is. I mean, if you're if you're going to use it for these purposes, uh, I, I yeah. All right. Well, now we got El Matador, so that'll be a palate cleanser. Ah, Chico, his future dark match opponent. We're seeing a lot of the same guys as last week because we watched Challenge before, and now we're watching Superstars, and you know you kind of rotate them through. You put them once on each show. Yeah. Like I said, man, Tito was on pretty much every week. There, there's the guys who would appear on both shows. There are the ones who would only appear on Superstars because they were too big. And then there's yeah. the guys that you'd only see on Challenge, which, you know, would be like, I don't know, bottom bottom of the card guys. Uh, you mentioned earlier, or you just you had just mentioned how Voodoo was a, uh, a baby face gimmick. Yeah, uh, Voodoo uh, playing heavily into the uh, the plot of Weekend at Bernie's Two. I don't know if you ever saw that. <laughs> I did. It's one of the worst movies I've ever seen in my life. <laughs> <laughs> there was a time where uh, Chris Chris Burgess and I, our friend huh. Chris, we would we would go to movies and we would always try to point out when the movie took a turn for uh, what we used to say, like the George Carlin turn, which mm-hmm. is every movie was a George Carlin bit at one point. And there was, we, I remember us sitting at Weekend at Bernie's too, and there was uh, 
three of us in the theater. It was me and him and I think a homeless guy who was trying to get some sleep. And we watched Weekend at Bernie's 2 waiting to find the George Carlin connection. I can't remember what the George Carlin connection was in Weekend at Bernie's 2. But uh, then again, I, I don't really remember much of Weekend at Bernie's 2. Because mm. it was, well, that, I think it was so bad. Well, that's that's good. Yes. Uh, some sort of WBF magazine promo, which uh, clearly I have to learn more about. And we know that uh, the WBF. Ladies and gentlemen, the WBF magazine currently available. Bodybuilding lifestyles. And, of course, Major Guns, Eddie Robinson on the outside, on the cover. On the inside, to talk about championship training, there you see Tito Santana training alongside the World Bodybuilding Federation champion Gary Strider. Each man respecting the other. I was unaware of the alliance of Tito Santana and Gary Strider. Seriously, like Gary Stridham was training with Chico. Hey, Tito, Tito was trying to build himself back up to that IC title level. What the hell are we doing here? <laughs> hey, this is why we're watching this weekly TV. We, we pick up these little elements that we might have missed before. Hmm. Yeah. Is Tito the most unlikely person to appear in a WBF magazine? Uh, no. That's on the roster, like on the roster, like, you know, I'm sure, you know, I don't know, George Burns being in the WBF magazine would be kind of like, would be an interesting turn. Who's this fucking guy he's wrestling? I don't know. What's this guy wearing? Uh, wearing like I'm, a trying regular... to... <laughs> I'm trying to think of the least likely guy uh, on roster. Uh, I would say I would say Repo Man. Is this guy wearing a Skinner t-shirt, like, underneath his yellow singlet? This guy is wicked way too fat to be a enhancement talent. No, what I wonder if he was so hairy that they made him wear a shirt underneath it. And there it is, El Paso de Salsa. <laughs> was Tito's... Tito changed his finisher when he became El Matador, right? Didn't it become, yeah. like, a flying forearm to the back as opposed to a flying forearm to the front? Yes. That's that is exactly what he uh, ended up doing. I, I feel like his, I feel like Tito's finisher is more effective to the front. <laughs> well, yeah, the problem is sometimes he'd knock a guy out to the floor and then he would be unable to go pin him. Mm. That was Bob Morgan, by the way. And Tito's too much of an honorable man to win via countout all the time. Yeah, unless it's Iron Mike Sharp on an 83 episode of Championship Wrestling. <laughs> Ding. <laughs> hey, why do I remember that? I don't know. <laughs> it's oh, like of all the things parlor. that I can remember. Oh, this is a big funeral parlor. This is huge. This is ginormous. Oh, okay. This funeral parlor. Our guest is your pinup girl. Oh! Yeah. I'm, and I'm very excited for this. I, we don't need to hear Barry. He does the same intro all the time. Third than the sensational Sherry. Remember, she has a the title. And she's going to come out to DiBiase's music. Oh, looking beautiful as ever. Mm-hmm. And she's got the dollar signs on her cheek, but the two S's could stand for sensational Sherry. Ah, yeah, a lot of lot of thought put in there. Uh, honestly, though, I think her look a couple of weeks later is a lot better. But we'll we'll get into that then. You know, I, I I'm I'm gonna sound like a total chauvinist right here. 
Mm-hmm. Sherry kind of gained a little weight when she started up with Sean. Ooh. Maybe, maybe Sean. Well, who knows? <laughs> no, I think that I think no, I think I know exactly what it is. I th- see. I think Ted DiBiase was a world class drinker. In the shades of guys like, in the sh- in the vein of guys like Andre, Ric Flair, et cetera, et cetera. That's why I think, I think that, but I think that he, see, I don't think Sherry was into hard liquor, and I don't think Sherry was a wine person. I think Sherry drank beer. And I, I have these visions of Sherry and Ted after the matches hanging out, drinking road sodas and the like, and Sherry's fucking downing Bud Heavies. I just have that vision. Hmm. I think she's a Bud Heavy girl, and this is unfortunately we know what happens to people who drink nothing but Bud Heavies. One of our friends drinks Bud Heavies, and we see how fat that person has gotten over the years. I think Sherry's a Bud Heavy. Wow! Wow! That was, was a cheap shot there. That's Pretty a shot. Fucking Seth Rollins with the chair and break up the shield. My God. Well, correct me if I'm wrong. That gentleman has gained a bit of weight since his high school days, has he not? Well, yeah. <laughs> But if the three of us are the shield, he's he's got to be Roman, right? Because he, he's he's the biggest one, which makes you Seth Rollins, unfortunately. That, yeah, which means, yeah, you're Dean Ambrose. That fits. Yeah. Uh, but I'll tell you, it makes All right. more sense. All right, I'm tagging Renee Young. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> that was all I ever asked out of life. It also makes more sense, though, because if you think of when Sherry was her thinnest, it was when she was in the Coke days with Savage. So, yeah, this fits. You have, I think you've set the world record for projecting the most things upon to upon sensational Sherry, other than maybe certain boys on the road. <laughs> How dare you! How that was a little, you. that was a little gross, but whatever. I I regret nothing. I met him at the Metal Glen Ball. Also, I would like to point out, oh God, I wish. Also, I'd like to point out the fact that after Sensational Sherry got involved with Shawn Michaels is when her career in life kind of started on a downturn. Uh, thankfully, Booker T got her clean and back in rehab for a little bit. But you know that most of her problems came from Shawn Michaels. She was fine doing coke with Savage, and she was fine drinking Bud Heavies with DiBiase. <laughs> it wasn't until she started taking downers and doing heroin with friggin' Shawn and Razor that things really went for a turn for the worse. That's a very good point. This is the beginning of the end of Sensational Sherry. This, this is where this is the tipping point. Yeah. And yeah, and yeah, well, she did get it together, you know, hanging out with Flair for a little bit when yeah. Hogan, Hogan came in. and Yeah, and then went to Booker T, and Booker T kept her strong for a while. And then she, so the beginning of the end is Shawn Michaels, and the end of the end is Colonel Rob Parker. I mean, I think this is, yeah. you know, she yeah. couldn't, maybe, I'll say this. She did a lot of drugs to get over the fact that Colonel Rob Parker was as hung as he was, because, again, she wasn't doing anything. It just frightened her. Wow. Okay. If you say so. (laughs) If you say so. Does this mean you're in love? Who's the lucky guy? It's not a guy. (laughs) It would have been great if she was like, fabulous moolah. What? Well, wait a minute. You're the one who won the title off her and broke her stranglehold. Hey, never mind. Oh, Paul Bearer, I'm in love with a man 
love with hogan <laughs> oh no perfect thinks it's him that's the best part <laughs> like hey that's me hey i didn't know she was so turned on to me back in the awa days come on as much as as much as it would as much as fun as it was that she ended up getting joining up with sean it would have been awesome if this was a way for her to introduce like a new person like and i know friend. and i and i know who that new person could be just from what she's describing that okay Buddy Rose. <laughs> He's got long blonde hair. He fits the he profile. Does. Maybe it doesn't fit the jacket, but you know. Hey. I'm in love with a man that has a body sculpture that even the Greek gods would envy. Still could be Buddy Rose. Mm hmm. <laughs> So doing that blow-away diet, right? Some of our more Zaftig Greek Greek gods, yes. <laughs> I am in love with a man that has the most wonderful wrestling ability that any one person... Kind of fit me, Mc... See, Perfect still thinks it's him. I still think it's Buddy Rose. Like she's she knows how well Buddy Rose can bump from the AWA. Sure. She managed Buddy Rose in the AWA. <laughs> they should have brought back Buddy Rose for this instead of she, and they should have stuffed Sean in an enhancement tag team. <laughs> Think of how many lives would have been changed for the better if that had occurred. How many lives would have been changed for the better? This, this the, union this union ruined multiple lives. It, it, yes. Yeah. Well, I'll let her keep going. See if she says a few more things that could also be applied to Buddy Rose. Man. Left to possess. I am in love with a man that even has an animal magnetism that makes my blood run hot. Mm. Again, Buddy Rose. She appeared in the vignettes with Buddy Rose back in 82. Again, Buddy Rose. <laughs> Again! <laughs> People, we're talking about Buddy Rose here. He's a playboy. That's his name. He is Playboy Buddy Rose. Playboy Buddy Rose. Can you imagine, though, if Buddy Rose had walked out and he had lost like 70 pounds? I mean, I'm sorry. The place would have come unglued. Mm-hmm. I mean, it would have been heel heat, but, you know, you know what I mean. I am in love with Shawn Michaels. Mm. Oh, Shawn Michaels. All right. Well, uh, so it's a very interesting way that they that they do this uh, this transference where DiBiase is with Sherry. And now she's just like, I'm in love with this guy. Yes. And and Ted is like, all right, <laughs> onward and upward. <laughs> well, I guess that's okay, Sherry. Um, you're not going to manage both of us, right? No, I can't. <laughs> well, there was a rumor that there was going to be a Ted and Shawn Michaels tag team around this time. It was in a couple of the newsletters. The only problem with that is Sean didn't want to be in a tag team anymore. It would have been called Drugs Incorporated. <laughs> yes. Well, uh, 
Yeah, it's it's just it's like a Seinfeld breakup between Ted and Sherry, where it's it's like the breakup when Jerry's the even Stevens like, oh, don't worry, I'll meet yeah. somebody else. Uh, that's OK. Good luck. <laughs> well, it was nice dating you. And um, I hope things work out for you in the future. Maybe yeah. Jimmy, Jimmy Hart. <laughs> Jimmy Hart. Yes, Shawn Michaels. Now that he and Marty Janetti are no longer a team or an item. <laughs> She's saying that they were. <laughs> team I know, rock? seriously. All right. Yeah. Now that they're no longer a team or <laughs> fucking each other. What? <laughs> nobody, nobody called that, Sherry. <laughs> Sherry's like, you're going to infer stuff about me? Well, I'm going to start inferring stuff about other people. Mm-hmm. has never needed Marty Jannetty. Never, ever needed Marty Jannetty. And now <laughs> that he's gotten ready. He had all the time in the world to accept the love and everything that I had to give him. Oh, but Sherry, what about the million dollar man, Ted? I gotta say, Paul Bearer is probably a better reporter than some White House correspondents over the last few years. He's asking the important questions. He kind of is, yes. Yeah, like, hey, hey what about uh, oh, what about TV? Sherry, what about Ted? <laughs> but he's got to do it in that voice still. That that's part of that's part of the deal. <laughs> what is <laughs> what is Joe Biden's thoughts on Russia? <laughs> By the way. Invading a fucking country during, like, during the Olympics. I mean, really, like, the the whole quote-unquote Olympic movement used to be about the universe, the unity of nations behind sport. You know, mm-hmm. and it's like, all right, look, I don't, I don't know what's going on there. I'm trying to keep myself closed off from the news for for my own mental health. But for God's sakes, I mean, this kind of shit didn't used to happen. Well, wait, didn't didn't Russia invade Crimea during another Olympic Games, like in recent history? It wasn't during the Olympics, but it was. Oh. Uh, but I mean, all those stuff going on while the Olympics, which, by the way, could they fucking stop having every goddamn Olympics be in like East Asia? I mean, thank God the next one is going to be in fucking Paris, because like the last three Olympics have felt exactly, exactly the same. It's in the same part of the world, the same obscene 12 12 hour time zone difference i'm sorry pete do you want more olympics to take place in the white part of america that you like so much is that what it is oh i'm sorry pete do we need everything to take place in this western european anglo-saxon style would that fit well with you wrong i love the i love the rio olympics the one the ones in brazil we watched a lot of that Olympics together when we were in North Carolina that time, and you were ruthlessly making fun of uh, Michael Phelps the entire I time. What, I don't know what you're talking about. <laughs> <laughs> for for those of you listening, um, Keith, Keith had a wonderful bit during the 2016 Olympics where he would just routinely savage Michael Phelps for just being uh, uh, incoherent, basically. A uh, lot, lot, lot of different things. All right, all right, all right. Bet. Back to Sherry, who is going to tell us, all right, what's the deal with DiBiase? What's going on here? 
I mean, this feels very sudden, out of nowhere, very jarring. Mm-hmm. Uh, my teddy bear is a wonderful, giving, and very loving man. <laughs> what she's saying is that DiBiase was into wife and partner swapping. Okay. That's what I hear. Oh, God. <laughs> my teddy bear has left the door wide open for me to return at any time to his side. And my teddy bear has given me gifts that any woman in the world would dream of having. (laughs) My teddy bear only wants what makes me happy. And my teddy bear knows that what makes me happy is giving and sharing all of my wealth with Sean Michael. <laughs> All right, then. <laughs> it's an interesting. Yeah, she goes, he wants whatever makes me happy and whatever I'm into. Um, OK. Hey, there's a whole subculture out there. <laughs> That's all I can really say. I can't elaborate much more than that. Oh. Well, we're back, uh, folks. Uh, interesting comments from uh, Sensational Jerry there. Oh, that guy. Yeah, Pete Sanchez is very animated. Jim Cooper looks like a bouncer at uh, at a bar, which is appropriate because LOD, both of those guys look like bouncers at bars and probably yeah. were before they started training in wrestling. Yeah. yeah, they're about to get into a bar fight right here. Mm-hmm. And there's a poster of Ella. I mean, it's so weird to look back at this. It's like they, that title change where they lose to Money, Inc. is not very long after this. No. In fact, I think it's like within a week, but they didn't reveal it on TV immediately. Like, like Like it actually took until the end of the month before they got around to... To, to announcing, oh, yeah, yeah. Because they, they said that it took place in Denver on, what was it, uh, February 8th or February 7th or something like that? Yeah, something like that. Yeah, at the Coliseum in Denver, Colorado. And, uh, yeah, it was uh, DiBiase and IRS. By the way, DiBiase was with Sensational Sherry for that. And it took place on the 7th, so oh. six days after this aired. A lot of stuff a lot of stuff going on that weekend, but maybe I should save that for next week because, uh, yeah, there, there, there's much more much more than that tag team title change that came out of nowhere that uh, that, that occurred on that, that weekend. That, oh, okay. But, yeah, that, that's the last time if memory serves, that LOD would be tag team. Oh, did they win the tag titles in 97 at some point? Um, The whole run was so forgettable. They that, did, like, yes, because they ran. Yes, because then they lost them, I believe, to the New Age Outlaws. Oh, right. Okay, so that, that that's where that got got started. But thinking of these two guys teaming in like 97 and 98, it was just, it was just so sideways and everything. It, it didn't feel the same. Not like not even close to the same. No, no. I think, unfortunately, I think what 
it was time was what killed the Legion of Doom, I feel. I feel like overall it was just time because even by the time they come in in 90, they're kind of already past their I feel like they were past their sell by yeah, date. I I think so too. I mean, and I then, think their prime is 80, I think 85 to 88. Yeah. Cuz it's also a function of other teams appearing too, like other dominant teams, like the the whole Road Warrior mystique was them. They would come out and kill jobbers in Techwood Studio or wherever, and and that would be that. Well, even in AWA. Yeah, and and the Steiners would the Steiners come along and are kind of doing the same thing, but a little bit different, and more in like a wrestling technical sense with like suplexes. Although Animal threw a pretty nice belly to belly earlier, and there's Vince well, McMahon going up for the Doomsday Device. <laughs> Well, here's all right. So here's so here's kind of my critique on this. Okay. Yeah. While demolition was a knockoff of the Road Warriors, mm, I think the there road, are enough differences, but okay. Right, but in in layman's terms, the demolition is a knockoff of the Road Warriors. Okay. However, by the time that they came into the WWF, I think that people looked at them as a knockoff of demolition. Even and it didn't matter. Uh, that they were, it, no, I. That's how I feel, and I feel that you had enough. You had the powers of pain. You had demolition. What other? What else? Like what other? Like kind of that road warrior. Th- Plus, I mean, road warrior, and I mean, w- w- even what? What are we talking about? Like when did friggin' Thunderdome come out? Eighty nine. 88, When did Thunderdome come out with Tina Turner and Mel Gibson? Was that like eighty nine or like eighty eight or something? What Mad Max? Yeah. Mad Max, the Road Warrior came out Not, in 1981. No, 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 the one Thunderdome, the one oh, that had oh, the later Turner. one. Yeah, I think that was like mid to late 80s. I think, right? See, see, I think Demolition is more like the uh, Mad Max thing from the early 80s. The Road Warriors are similar, but I think more distinct. And the Powers of Pain is almost a—it's basically a direct ripoff of the Road Warriors without the shoulder pads. Right, but the point I'm trying to make is is that by the time they came into WWF, you had enough of that kind of watered-down gimmick where they weren't going to make the same impact. And again, I told you it's the Andre factor for them. They by, they win the championship. Who the fuck are they going to lose to? The only team that even seemed credible up until the Steiner brothers had come in, which they hadn't yet, but up the only team that was credible was the Natural Disasters. And then they don't even fucking lose to the Disasters. They lose to a team of fucking IRS and Teddy Biasi. It's like, come on, man. That just it didn't even seem plausible. Like it just seemed foolish. I mean, at the very least, shit, if they had had a, if they had lost the titles to Barbarian and Haku, at least that would have made Ooh. sense. Ooh. Well, you know so what I mean? It looks like you found something for Barbarian and Haku to do during this time period. And uh, if, we sure. could time, if we could time travel back, once I'm done spoiling uh, years of WCW programming, then I'm going to get into Vince's head and start convincing him to book a proto-powers of, uh, of Faces of Fear team with the yeah, Barbarian absolutely. and Haku who go, over, who go over LOD mm-hmm. and then basically run roughshod for the next uh, seven or eight years. But if you think of it, though, that's a team that that's a team together. If you had I know we're fantasy booking here, but <laughs> yeah. if you had LOD, the Steiner brothers. Fuck it. I'll even say like the Nasty Boys, because I think you and I have talked before that the Nasty Boys, when they were in uh, NWA, WCW, they were kind of like 
comparable to the LOD as far as like being able to hang in the ring with them. Yeah. And then you had the Faces of Fear. Those are four fucking monster teams of guys that are just like ass kicking motherfuckers. And I think that that's something that would have been interesting as opposed to the Beverly Brothers, Bushwhackers, Natural Disasters and fucking Money Inc. Like that's just garbage. But it's, uh, of course, the other thing that we we need to consider from this time period is the whole steroid thing is is the literal shit hitting the fan. So a lot of your biggest dudes now have got to go into hiding like Tony and Leotardo uh, at the end of Sopranos, (laughs) at least for a little while. Yeah, but I think until the I heat mean, until the heat dies down. I don't think that. I mean that that maybe cuts out LOD, maybe. But I well, mean, uh, it, it cuts it cuts out Barbarian. I think I'm pretty certain. Uh, do you think that he? Do, well, because he shows up in the Head Shrinkers not long after that. I mean, and he's still yeah, kind of like big. Ni- it's like nine ninety four. I mean, that that's after the heat had died down. Oh, in okay. my my opinion, but but Haku Haku, Haku Haku never needed steroids. That's right. <laughs> steroids needed Haku, but not yeah. the other way around. Just like just like Andre never needed a belt, Haku never needed steroids. <laughs> oh, so we had the funeral parlor and now we have an Undertaker match? Yeah, who who's putting together this show, damn it. <laughs> now see so, it would have been now see it would have been cool if the Undertaker had walked out of like a casket that was on the set of the funeral parlor. <laughs> that's a little that's a little too comedic i think it's like hi <laughs> and he pops out like robin williams Hello, Frisco. <laughs> and there he is mickey J, who was uh, one of our officials earlier on <laughs> i feel like we just watched this match did this match literally air on the previous week superstars did it? i mean uh the little uh the challenge i mean I think it did. They, no, they would never do that. They can't do that. Would they ever do that, replay the same match, like, that's not a feature bout or something? No, no, no. You know what it is, is I saw this, I've seen this match several times because of how weird it is. It's like Undertaker against a guy who became a longtime WCW referee. Okay. Yeah. He's not wearing knee pads, so you know he's old school. <laughs> he's old school. Mickey J. Which, by the way, it's J A Y, is his full name. It's not just uh, not just an initial. Not, it's it's like Homer J Simpson. Yes. Do you <laughs> What's think my that, middle name? J. Do you think that like, do you ever have empathy? I'll say empathy. Do I ever have for, guy, for, for like Hogan, okay. where he had to drop that leg drop all the time, knowing that it knowing that it must have banged up his 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 you know his his hip and shit like that. Like I kind of think about some of those impact moves that like these guys do, and yeah. just thinking like, man, like that poor, like the Undertaker had to friggin' do that, the, the tombstone, and constantly drop on his knees holding a dude. Like that had to kind of hurt after a while. The, the two that I think of the most are Bobby Eaton with the Alabama Jam, which is yeah. a top rope leg drop, but the main one is. Savage in every fucking match that he would do, doing the double axe to the outside. I mean that—that's absolute death on his knees. Right. Which makes me wonder if he didn't do that so much, could he have maybe extended out that run a little bit past '98 because he didn't really do much after that, other than the uh, "What's Up" match 
era, which yeah, which we I, all which we all love. Yes. At that point, though, Savage wasn't really. I mean, I think I think Savage only did the elbow at that point, just because I mean, yeah. that was Savage's bread and butter doing that friggin' elbow. But yeah, but I mean, years on WWF TV where he's doing. Oh that yeah. Oh. And under Undertaker had some injuries, obviously through his career, but he was given time at various points, like around. WrestleMania 2000, yeah. WrestleMania 10. Yeah, it always seemed like the Undertaker got a, got at least a few months off. <laughs> yeah, it was kind of like the Undertaker was the only wrestler to get an off season. Well, he was he was treated as like a special attraction in the mold of Andre. Yeah, and you know you, you got to keep him away for a little while to keep him special. Now they wouldn't do that every year or anything, but. Maybe should have done that with Big Show or something. I don't know. Yeah. I mean... It's, oh, well, oh, good. This is during the body bag era. <laughs> we all we're love putting, the body bag era. We're putting WCW officials in a, in a uh, body bag, and unfortunately, it is not Nick Patrick. <laughs> Some officials, like Randy Anderson, would eventually be put in a body bag. Huh. I don't have you taken uh, out too, of there. Out too of soon. Hmm. Oh, there. Zipping it up. Uh, what is that? Restaurant trash. I, lo- I love that part. I love that part of the Goonies where they think that the restaurant trash is being yeah. carried out in a fucking body bag. <laughs> Are these kids unsavvy or what? Come on. Six feet, six feet tall trash. <laughs> where did they get that 78 gallon uh, trash bag from? My God. Why wouldn't you just use two thirty nine gallon ones? I don't understand this. <sighs> All right, we got Mooney, Mooney in the event center now. So let's see which New York one it is. <laughs> you love Nassau. I mean, what makes me sad is that you've never been to that arena. And uh, I've been there probably like uh, eight to ten times. But we've talked, yeah, we've we've talked about this. You've been for hockey, and that's it, right? Yeah, I've never been to another event there. Hmm. Um, but but I I've only and I only went once after the renovations, which were around like 2015 to 2017. And the seating bowl is a lot nicer. The problem and the concourse is nicer. The problem is they didn't add any bathrooms, and in fact took away bathrooms because they don't have the outside patio area. Hmm. So I mean, all right, so portatons, but you know, you 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 go where you can. I I love I love hearing things like this. I, I, I mean, it's a weird thing for me. What venues for hockey have you been to? Uh, you mean like on the NHL level? Let's yes, let's stick with. I the mean, NHL. yeah, let, let, yeah. Let's not fucking do uh, Canadian Major Junior yeah, Arena. Yeah. So it'd be weird. Yeah. Especially since I haven't been to any of them. So you've I mean, been, all right. Let me see if I can guess. You've been okay. to Molson. You've been to the Molson Center. Uh, you mean the Bell Center? Yes. <laughs> Isn't it the Molson Center? It's been called the Bell Center now for 20 years. <laughs> <laughs> hey, you ever go to the Fleet Center? Hey, I still say Fleet Center. Okay. It'll never be. It's it's never gonna be the Garden for me. It'll never mm-hmm. be the Garden. It's the Fleet Center. Um. Okay. So, all right. So you've been to the Bell Center. Um. Mm-hmm. Did you go to the place that they played before that? No, but I've been on the outside of that building. Was it like uh, the Forum or something like that? What was it called before? What? Yeah, the the Montreal Forum, which okay. became a movie theater, and they like re they basically redeveloped it, kind of like what they did in Toronto with Maple Leaf Gardens, 
which I've never been into, but I went to a game at what was then called the Air Canada Center and is now called Scotiabank something or other because every fucking arena in Canada has to be called Scotiabank or Rogers mm. something. Like, mm. Canada, get your shit together, all right? And I'm not talking about this whole convoy business in Ottawa, which is concerning enough, but can you fucking have your arenas named uh, for something other than Scotiabank and Rogers? I mean, I'd like to think you have more than two companies up there. Can some please, please? Well, you just, well, you just said that Toronto is, or in Montreal is called the Bell Center, or is it the Bell Scotia Bank Rogers Center? Well, Bell Bell, I guess, would be the third company now. <laughs> All right. So okay. So you've been, to, you've been to the new place in Toronto. New place. How long ago was it built? Um, do you want Do you want me to just rattle them off? Here? Yeah, I'd like to. Yeah. All right. All right. Well, uh, Boston, Montreal, Quebec City. So I've been oh. in the call. I was in the Colisee. Uh, for something years ago to see, uh, wait, was it hockey? I God, I forget what it was, but I remember okay. walking around, walking around in there in 88, which okay. when it was then an NHL arena. Okay. Uh, M- MSG, of course, yep. uh, the Nassau Coliseum, of course, mm-hmm. the, uh, Philadelphia, whatever the hell it's called now, the, oh, the Wachovia the spectrum. spectrum. I, I don't yeah. even know what they call it now. For, I liked it when it was the first Union Center because it was the greatest name for an arena for Philadelphia of all time, the FU Center. Um, what else? I was at, I went to the Igloo in Pittsburgh, which has been gone now for like 10 years. Mm. Um, what else? Uh, the, the arena where the Florida Panthers play, which I don't even know what that's called now. Okay. Mm-hmm. Uh, the Orlando Arena, which is now gone, where the Orlando Magic used to play and was... I guess it wasn't an NHL arena per se, but it was the IHL back in the day. Yep. Uh, the uh, variety, the Capital One Center, which was called the MCI Center and Verizon Center, which is in Washington, D.C. Yep. And uh, I'm not going to count Bridgestone Arena in Nashville because I was only in the arena, like in like the pro shop there. Okay. So that that doesn't really count. Mm-hmm. Now you got to go out west, the Staples Center in L.A., which yep. is now called Crypto Bro Coliseum or some such bullshit. Yep. Like, God, fucking pisses me off so much. Um, you know, like arenas, you know, seeing the the outside of. Uh, but like, what about oh, like? Uh, oh, the oh, the United Center in Chicago. Yeah, I was gonna say, what about Chicago? Yeah. Where where they like to run AEW likes to run there, even though, frankly. The uh, it's actually probably good that they run the United Center because they know they can sell the tickets. But the better venue for wrestling is the Allstate Arena, the Rosemont Horizon. In yeah, yeah. in Rosemont. Yeah, and uh, and beyond that, uh, well, it's not an NHL arena, but I saw an NHL preseason game at what was then called the Sprint Center in Kansas City. Oh, okay. So. I don't know. I, th- I think that I think that's the whole list. And well, I'm like probably, never, you've never been to Detroit. You've never been to Calgary. You've never been to Winnipeg, Vancouver. Wait a Winnipeg. Yes, Winnipeg. I, I like to plan my January vacation to Winnipeg to see. Well, I'm just asking. You never know. Just saying is all. You never been. You ever been to Arizona? Didn't you go to Arizona? Oh no, you went to where did you go to New Mexico? Where the hell I did try, you go? I, I tried to go to a Bruins Coyotes game and I got stuck in the biggest blizzard in Denver history or some shit in ah. 2003. Ah. But anyway. Oh, while right. you were in Denver, did you go to an Avalanche game? 
Dude, it was I was literally buried under an avalanche in a hotel that I was lucky to get. I got okay. driven driven there in a cab by a guy who was a conspiracy theorist twenty years ahead of his time. <laughs> like he, he he told us how uh and I probably shouldn't even repeat this, but um he claimed that George uh, w, George H. W. Bush used the bodies, of, uh, dead bodies of Vietnam veterans, to smuggle drugs into the country. <laughs> but when there's three feet of snow on the fucking ground, you take a cab ride from whoever you can get. <laughs> All right, so here's Mooney. We got okay. Nassau Coliseum. We're not getting Piper and Flair, so we're going to get a different promo set here. Yeah. And I'm hoping that it's not Slaughter and Duggan. God, I don't, I don't want to, I don't want to listen to those two guys. Oh, okay. All right. Well, we get the oh. National Disasters, and um, luckily they've wide, they, they, they're now shooting it a little bit wider now, so that Fred and uh, Fred and John, they don't have to just look at each other and have Jimmy Hart like uh, be like the baloney in this uh, Natural Disasters uh, sandwich. <laughs> This fucking meat sandwich, mm-hmm. uh, his cock meat sandwich. No, um, no side boob or no side nipple from Fred on this, so that's good. Look, Look Dusty. Dusty, I'm covered up. I'm a heel. <laughs> and Earthquake has his top on too. So, <laughs> see, you can see the seam right there. The underwears say Earth Earthquake, and the top part has the little seismograph bullshit. <laughs> it says Earthquake, the Earthquake. I get really sure that you want to climb into the ring against the natural disasters. To be successful in the WWF, it takes guts and power. You guys may have a lot of guts, but you can't match the power of the natural disasters. Me and Typhoon. Well, that's for sure. It's a lot more guts than brains. Because if you had any brains in those little skulls of yours, you wouldn't be in the ring with the natural disasters. Because when we get in there with you, we're going to give you the beating of your lives. Isn't he saying that he doesn't have any brains or is he saying that they have more guts than brains? Because I, I thought he was referring to the World Wrestling Federation in general. Anyway, I feel like he was saying I have half the brains that you do. Hey, don't you ever confuse him with uh, with Sid, although they would meet up eventually on an episode of Flair for the Gold where uh, Fred would trip over a piece of wood and Sid would keep the segment on track. That's why I don't like people questioning Sid's professionalism. He was the only guy on set who wanted to keep that thing going. He really did. If you look at that back, every that thing fell apart so bad, I and know. he was the only one that kept it going. Well, we can see approximately eighteen percent of Slaughter's hat. So, sadly, we're going to have to sit through this. Slaughter's hat. Maybe I should play drunk Slaughter. No, no, let's play regular speed. Chris, I don't want to slow this down. Oh, for God's sakes. You were a fucking traitor to your country like three weeks ago, and now, or, all right, more than three weeks ago, but for God's sakes, yeah. Now we got to listen to him sing? I mean, we, we already dealt, we've only now just recovered as a nation from that Nikolai Volkov, Jim Duggan duet from SummerSlam 90. Now we got to listen to Slaughter and his voice with his thrush. I feel like I feel like Sergeant Slaughter is. I feel like Tom Brady was pulling a Sergeant Slaughter where he 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 turned his back on the Patriots to go to the Buccaneers, and then he retired from the Buccaneers and didn't mention the New England Patriots. But now 
he's wants his country back, so he's trying to get into the back into the good graces of the New England Patriots, right? What you didn't know is that when back in when Brady had that meeting with Bob Kraft at his house in March of 2020, yeah, Brady actually gave him an envelope with $3,200 and said, "Now I got to turn my back on you." I thought you were going to say when Brady had that meeting with when Brady had that meeting with Robert Kraft, Robert Kraft said, listen, Tom, we're only going to do this for a couple of years. We're going to have you wear a bulletproof vest. And in a couple of years, we'll turn, we'll bring you back and you can have you can have one more run in the sun with Axel Jim Duggan. Well, who is Axel Jim Duggan is Julian Edelman. He did win a Super Bowl in Tampa. Yeah, A previous Super Bowl held in Tampa was held during the height of the Gulf War when Sergeant Slaughter was WWF champion. So there's your linkage right there. It all fits. It's all insane, isn't it? For spacious. Uh, right, can you speak? I'm sorry. I, I, I can't fucking do I, I, I can't. I can't, can't fucking can't do it. Oh, unfor- <laughs> I can't unfortunately, have it. I, I skipped to a complete. Skies. <laughs> Skies. 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 <laughs> Yeah. All right. Well, do you th- do you think I should speed it up? Do you think speeding it up will uh will improve this? Well, let's try. All right. Two times, you think, or one and a half? Two times. All right. Go. Oh, beautiful, four spacious guys. Attack! Hot! Natural disasters! You scums! You slimes! You got Sergeant Slaughter and Hacksaw Jim Duggan coming your way! It's not going to be a precise because we're a couple of rough, tough individuals, and we just might take and throw you up, bunch you around that arena, and just see what you're made of. A lot of folks ask us, Sergeant Slaughter, Hacksaw Jim Duggan, aren't you just a little bit apprehensive getting in the ring with two men like that? The answer to that question is, no, tough guy, never. <laughs> Duggan, Duggan kind of sounds normal at two times speed. What's going on? No brothers in that promo by the by the way it's uh, uh, duggan sounds like a normal human being at two times speed sure hey even i can be surprised (laughs) i don't watch these at two times speed that would fuck with my brain Mm. patriotic duo preparing for some rough weather at the nassau coliseum how do you know mooney you've seen the forecasts all right i gotta make a t-shirt out of that yeah just to prove me that Nassau Coliseum, Friday night, February 14th. Take your lover on Valentine's Day. See the big boss man take on the repo man. Main event in any arena in America. (laughs) Prison guard takes on the very cunning repo man. There will be no time limit when El Matador Tito Santana... (laughs) Is... (laughs) The fuck? (laughs) I'm sorry. This is that. (laughs) Here's the question. Is, Is repo man versus... Uh, boss man, like a rehash of like the SummerSlam '89 spectacular show where Smash fought Boss Man in a one-on-one con- encounter. Hmm. I think Boss Man is still pissed that he body slammed him in the SummerSlam '89 match. Hmm. Hmm. I-, I like that you said the SummerSlam. I'd like. I would like to know because it- it- it actually, actually, I'm gonna let this play out, and okay. then I'll re- read the results from the show. Okay. Okay. And it takes on the million dollar man, Ted DiBiase, in a return bout. We just heard from both sides of this intense matchup. Sergeant Slaughter and Hacksaw Jim Duggan battled it out with the natural disasters, earthquake, and typhoon. And the new intercontinental champion, Rowdy Roddy Piper, faces the new World Wrestling Federation title holder, Ric Flair, in the main event. See it happen in less than two weeks, Friday night, February 14th at the National. Well, that's a good shirt. Roddy Piper and Ric Flair both holding their respective titles. Oh, some nice guitar work there underneath. Mm-hmm. All right, so before we get to the promotional consideration, which you know we love, 
uh, only 5,000 at the Nassau Coliseum that night. Oh. Clearly from a lack of war. Needs more warlord. All right. Skinner pinned Chris Walker. Okay. Big Boss Man defeated Repo Man via countout. Mm. Like, oh, we're, we're protecting the Repo Man here. Shawn Michaels with Sensational Sherry pinned Jim Powers, subbing for Jimmy Snooker. It's like, we, we look, we can't have this Shawn versus Snooker match in the New York market again. That's too much drugs in one match. <laughs> like, I'm sorry. It just can't, can't work. Uh, Owen Hart with Jim Neidhart pinned Blake Beverly with Bo Beverly. Okay. Jim, Jim, uh, it, boy, a lot of this was card subject to change. Jim Duggan with Sergeant Slaughter mm-hmm. pinned Typhoon with Jimmy Hart after hitting him with the two by four. Hmm. Bo so, Beverly. So Hulkamaniacs exploding. Team Hulkamaniacs from the Survivor Series 90. Yeah. Bo Beverly with Blake Beverly pinned Jim Neidhart with Owen Hart what? after. After the Beverly switched places behind the referee's back. Oh, my God. Come on. Okay. Oh, you you, <laughs> you were very excited about El Matador versus uh, Million Dollar Man, right? Wrong. El Matador, oh! El Matador pit the Barbarian, subbing what? for Ted DiBiase with the flying forearm. Did that okay. match have it? Does it say if that match had a no time limit draw? No, it didn't give it didn't give a time. I was Jesus. really hoping to see like DiBiase and Santana went ninety minutes, but uh, like my bit last week. And in the main event, Ric Flair defeated Roddy Piper in a non-title match via disqualification after the challenger hit Flair with a chair. Hmm. Okay. Okay. All right. Yeah. Um. Oh, you know what? I just went to that. I went to. Oh, okay. I just went to that website that you're looking at. Mm-hmm. Uh. Please read what happened at the other show on February 14th, uh, just above it in St. Louis. No, 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 I'm not going to do that. I'm going to save that for next week. No, no, no. Exactly. Okay. Because, because, well, oh, fuck it. Let's just do it now. Prior to the show, this is at the St. Louis Arena, and we can discuss this more next week. A half dozen law enforcement officers as part of the St. Louis Police Department and the DEA searched all the talent for drugs as they arrived <laughs> at the, to the arena. Reportedly, the wrestlers found out about the search earlier in the evening and nothing was found. Only three of the seven announced matches took place. Wow. Kerry Von Erich did not appear as advertised due to his suspension. Now, we'll, <laughs> more on more on that suspension next time, because okay. that actually that actually took place on the 8th. All right, so we can discuss this. We can discuss this show next yeah. week. Yeah, it's called a teaser. Promotional yeah, consideration. promotional consideration. You know what's coming, Mister Freeze. Well, no, it's a ter- Terminator Two T uh, Two for the Game Boy. Oh. the world from Judgment Day from LJN. Oh, and now we get the uh, G- GNC because like Pro doesn't exist anymore. Yep. Cybergenics at GNC. I always, when they showed like that generic GNC there, I would I would always get mad that the Wuben Mall GNC didn't look like that. <laughs> yeah, that's it. Didn't look that interesting. I love how the guys coming in with like the the guy coming out rather with the Zubas and the tank top. Yeah, like, I just came from the gym. Just had my guns <laughs> waxed. What is it, David Putty? Yeah. Uh, yeah, I would get weird. I would get mad at weird stuff as a kid. 
Like, this is all legitimate. I'm not just saying that I get mad. I actually no. did get mad. Sure. The WWF ring is all action. Punish your opponent with drop kicks. The WWF ring. Huh. Who's that guy being drop kicked over the top rope? He, he looks an awful lot like Repo Man. Repo Man. I like how two of the two of the three tag team sets you can get here are no longer together. Yeah, I know. Why are they why are they making this kid why is this kid shoving uh Sean and Marty in our face here? Come on. Keep up with it's, the story. Keep up with the storylines, kid. It's it's too soon. The wounds have not healed yet. Yeah, exactly. Oh, oh boy. <laughs> oh, it's a different Hulk Hogan Vitamins one because he's not walking through a, a parade of kids. Hey kids. Hey brothers. And he's wearing his courtroom attire. <laughs> no, he's got the Hulk rules, sure not. Hulk Hogan Vitamins, the new champion of children's chewables. You've got my name on it. Yeah, it sure <laughs> does. I like how Hogan said yay along with the kids. Yay! It's <laughs> the new champion in children's chewables, brother. Yay! I wish I could isolate that. Oh my god! Yay! Hey, don't don't ever say that we hated Hulk Hogan uh, for everything that he did because that vitamin commercial has filled so much airtime on this show. I know. I don't know what this is. The Bard's Tale is a Nintendo game. Yeah, I don't know who that is. What is that? I've never seen this. That's the tail end of me having a Nintendo. Mm. Oh, okay, so this is relevant. Since we're going to do the next week's Superstars, yes. Vince, is, Vince is now going to tell us what's happening. Oh, all right. Well, let's get a sneak preek, a preek, preek, sneak mm-hmm. prick of what's going to happen next week. Yeah. Quick right here on the Superstars of Wrestling. Schedule to join us. We'll see the debut of Papa Shango. Oh. From there, Virgil will join us. In addition to which, in action. <laughs> they move on quickly from Virgil. <laughs> Jake. Jake the Snake Roberts. Then Marty Jannetty returns to the ring after Shawn Michaels threw him through the glass window. <laughs> That's not happening. I was going to say, I'm like, I don't remember that. That's weird. They're promoting Marty Jannetty for the next week's superstars, and he had clearly been fired by this point. Mm. Huh. Very strange. And also, yet more matches announced for WrestleMania 8. And after that, the funeral parlor with yours truly and the World Wrestling Federation champion, Ric Flair. And my windbreaker. <laughs> my windbreaker. <sighs> I'm sorry. Perfect it is windbreaker. I have some sort of weird thing. Yeah. We got to be coming up soon on when the of wrestling gets eliminated from the superstars of wrestling. Yeah. Although I still love it. Superstars of wrestling. Mm-hmm. So. Yes. I'm a fan. Mm-hmm. We got down. We got up. We got funky. And we got bad. <laughs> so now we're at the part of the show where we were going to talk about Cobra Kai. But do you think we should bust that out into a separate podcast? I think we should. I feel like I feel like that way it gives people a chance that have yet to you know, who haven't finished it, like myself, to to stop the recording, move on to their next favorite podcast, and then come back when we say, here, everybody, here's our thoughts on Cobra Kai Season 4. Yeah, I mean, well, it's now been almost a month since I watched, I, like, I, I watched all of them, but, yeah. Um, so yeah, we're, we're, we're going to wrap this one here. 
We'll do the February 8th Superstars next week. And we're just going to continue along to WrestleMania 8 because I love picking up these little things that occurred that, like, sure, Marty Jannetty being advertised for the next week's Superstars. Like, do you think that there was somebody out there who was pissed off that they saw no. that Marty was... Oh, okay. No. <laughs> Like, come on, that guy who fucked, who wanted to fuck no. his daughter no. doesn't want no, no, no. to be on the TV. Instead, the we're wor- just we're just yes. stuck with Vince McMahon, who also the- wants to fuck his daughter. Ha! Ha! The world is chosen, and the world is chosen, uh, the, uh, the world is chosen uh, his person, uh-huh. and they have chosen correctly with it being Shawn Michaels. So, mm. yeah, yeah, of course, yes. Well, <laughs> this was quite a show. Uh, it's, uh, it was a wrestling event that occurred 30 years in the rearview mirror that we have been now talking about for over two fucking hours because I have to watch every goddamn, goddamn event center promo. Got to analyze Sid's teeth to make sure that there's no food stuck in it. Yeah. I mean, well, all right. The press conference set us back, but there's going to be more of this shit coming along. Yes, it's a lot of this backstage, a lot of this backstage stuff uh, going along. So, I, I thank I thank you again, Keithy, for for joining and, and be and be on the lookout for this uh, Cobra Kai one, which we'll probably record in a little bit, and um, and uh, yeah, it'll be separate from this podcast. But if you if you've enjoyed whatever it is that we do, mostly discussing. 1992 WWF, it seems. Please leave a five-star review from Greetings from Allentown GFA Live on Apple Podcasts or iTunes because it provides what is known as social proof that you are listening to and enjoying this podcast. We actually did get a a two-star review uh, from somebody, which uh, I found rather amusing Mm. uh, because I'm that kind of guy. Oh, interesting. Yeah, well, a lot of people would get mad at these sorts of things, but um, I, I just thought it was like a weird, um, a weird comment to to make, given you know I I, I know myself and everything, yeah, and you know I, I know certain things that I do, like betting on the NHL All Star Game. I mean, who the hell does that? I did because I knew Michael Scott would be around to save the whole thing from disaster. Because uh, person, I'm not even gonna read their name, but. Uh, two-star review. They're probably more clever in person. Not nearly as funny or clairvoyant as they think they are. It's like, what do you mean, clair- clair- I don't think I'm clairvoyant at all. What, have you seen some of the hockey bets that I've made over the last couple of months? My God. It's like, bets on the fucking Arizona Coyotes. God. Clairvoyant? I'm not very clairvoyant at all. I don't know. Who's clairvoyant? What are we saying clairvoyant? What does that even mean? Um... That, that that we can that we can see into the future or something when when we're looking at shows from uh, oh, maybe, yeah, maybe, I know, right? maybe it's a reference to how we want to spoil uh, ninety one WCW shows for maybe the, for, maybe this person just woke up from a thirty year coma and he's trying to watch all the shows from nineteen ninety two to you know get himself up to date and he's pissed off that we keep spoiling things. I did spoil. I did spoil a lot earlier, and for that. I'm mildly sorry. Uh, but yes, uh, please, please, uh, five-star reviews are definitely much more appreciated that, than, than that. I, I, just, I just found the, the wording on that a little, little strange. But anyway, sure. and if you're still out there listening, 
Thank, thank you for listening. I do, do appreciate that. I'm on Twitter at GFAlatoutPod. My goofy viral tweet. And Keithy is on Twitter at Flounder824. Yes. And tune in next time for another exciting episode of GFA Live. <laughs>